Welcome to House of Hoops, episode 63. It's Monday night, May 3rd, 2021. I'm Jeff Hausman coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee, joined by Josh Finelli this week. Josh, say hello. 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 Thank you, everybody, for listening. Well, we fogged up the windows in my old Chevy. I was willing, but she wasn't ready. So I settled for a burger and a grape snow cone. I dropped her off early, but I didn't go home. Down by the river on a Friday night, a pyramid of cans in the pale moonlight. Talking about cars and dreaming about women. Never had a plan just to live in for the minute. Yeah, went down yonder on the Chattahoochee. Never knew how much it muddy water meant to me. But I learned how to swim and I learned who I was. A lot about living and a little about love. Me and the very pretty Josh Finelli are going to stay up late and talk some hoops, have some fun. We're going to cover some NBA the way we see it. House of Hoops can be found on Twitter at House of Hoops. That's H-A-U-S of Hoops. We're also on Instagram at House of Hoops Podcast. You can call the House of Hoops hotline at 901-365-75 and leave a message. You get three minutes or less. We hope you enjoy. It gets hotter than a hoochie-coochie. We laid rubber on the Georgia asphalt. We got a little crazy, but we never got caught. Me and Josh are watching the uh, Bull, no, Knicks Grizzlies game right now. It's uh, about to be halftime. Josh cannot take his eyes off the game. I feel like we've done this before. We have. Down by the river on a Friday night, a pyramid of cans in the pale moonlight. Talking about cars and dreaming about women. Never had a plan just to live in for the minute. Oh yeah. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, can't be any better, man. We're down <laughs> 10 to the Knicks at halftime, 
and uh, well, right before halftime. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for coming on this week, dude. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you joining me. Some of the usual sp- suspects just couldn't be bothered this week, so had to call out the big dog, mm-hmm. the needle had, mover. This is what I've been saving you for. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in your world, man? How's your week been? Have you been in general? Been, been good, man. Been good. We've been, you know, just enjoying, I guess, somewhat of nice, nice weather, and yet, you, you know, trying to enjoy. Uh, what little bit of freedom we still have with two kids because the third one's on the way in October. Oh. Yeah. You told me about that. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know if it's going to be a boy or a girl. So hope for ten fingers and ten toes and everybody's healthy. Sure. Absolutely. What's been up with you? Oh, what have I done this week? I don't have anything prepared. I've been working a lot. I got my second vaccination shot. That didn't go so great. Did you just feel terrible after it? Oh, awful. I, I'm still mad at Bo and Brian for making me do all this. <laughs> <laughs> all this vaccination nonsense. Those were the two deciding factors. <laughs> I guess you don't know. They cornered me and put me on the spot. Did they? Yeah. That's nice of them. Basically pressured me into a vaccine like a lemon used car. Oh, wait. There's no return policy on those vaccines. <laughs> yeah. No, I got really sick. For about a day and a half, it's brutal. Ooh. Fever, aches, Uh-oh. basically the flu for like two days. Did you have the Rona? It felt like it. The only thing that kept me sane through it was that I could still breathe. I was like, "All right, I'm okay. I can breathe." That's a damn good way to look at it. You could still <laughs> breathe. I watched something really good on TV the other day. What'd you watch? I watched the '96 uh, draft show is called ready or not on nba tv it's a two-part series and it just covers basically the 96 draft it's kobe it's iverson uh okay lorenzen wright yeah yeah, yeah. okay i all right i was because i was sitting there thinking in my mind i was like 96 draft i was like would i was like trying to think of all the names that were involved in it. yeah it was a big one yeah one of the most epic drafts of all time it was really good. Lots of behind-the-scenes stuff. Current interviews with players from the draft. It was really good. And what was the name of it? Ready or Not. Ready or Not. All right. I have to check this out. I think that was the name of the Fuji song, and I think that came out like the same year or something. I hope that song's on there because that's an awesome song. It's not on there. They probably couldn't get the rights. Yeah, something. Yeah. Or didn't go through the trouble. Apparently, Erica Badu is very, uh, very strange these days. I don't think that's who was in the Fugees. She was a singer in it. She was the lead singer. Lauren Hill? Or, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of Erica Badu. All right, anyways. Uh, one of the really funny parts in the show, so it was like two parts. It was really worth wa- watching. They're only they're pretty short. It's like an hour and a half long for the whole thing. But one of the funniest parts was uh, they confront Iverson about missing this like historically epic slam photo shoot where they're all like leaned up on the wall and they have all the fucking guys that got drafted. Steve Nash, everybody's in it except for Iverson. They're like, what's up with that? Why wasn't Iverson? Why weren't you in that shot? What do you say? And he's like, man, I don't remember that. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what happened. He's like, I probably just blew it off. 
Not Allen Iverson. <laughs> Surely not to practice. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. They finally got to the bottom of it. Because I guess it's like an ongoing like, story. It's like, where was Iverson? What right. was he doing? Um, the only thing that concerned me, and, and I guess it's because they wanted to spend more time on like the highlights of it, like what was great about the draft. But they didn't talk about Lorenzo Wright at all. So they didn't cover Lorenzo Wright as far as In the, the show. draft show of it or like anything that happened to him after like that? any of it. Uh. I mean. Number seven overall draft pick to the L.A. Clippers. You think they talk about him a little bit. The guy played in the NBA for like 13 years. Come no, on. No, I mean, for sure. I, they're definitely And then tragically spot. passed away. It's like, was murdered. Come on. At least give him his right. They could have said something about him. He was like not in it at all. I thought it was a little depressing, you know, being a Memphis guy. But other than that, the show was really good, totally worth watching. I'm going to check it out. You can, if you have NBA TV, you can get it on your app. It's on demand, whatever. It was really good. But that's, I mean, between that and, like, working, and I don't know. It's just, just staying busy. All right. Same old, same old. I forgot to go get my beers. I was going to say, there's no cooler in here. Shit. Here, you want one of mine? Yeah, I'll drink that and then we'll go. We'll take a break and go get some. Thanks, go. thanks, yeah. buddy. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, let's see. There's only two weeks till the end of the season, Josh. Today is the third in the play-in start on the 18th. All right, so let's go through this. You want to look at the standings? Yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. So you want to, where do you want to start, west or east? Don't matter. Start in the uh, start in the west. The west is more fun. For sure. Actually, you know what? Back that up. Let's start in the east since the west is where all the, well. What? So I just I think the west is a little bit more fun to talk about because I think in the east it's going to go to come down to two teams. When yeah. it's all said and done. I think Brooklyn and Milwaukee – are the two that are just going to come down to. And the only person I can see playing a spoiler in that would maybe be Boston. So you don't think uh, Philly's got a say in things? The number one team in the East? <sighs> I think they have whatever say they want to. But, dude, if Brooklyn gets hot, that's KD, that's James Harden, and that's Kyrie. James Harden's not even playing right now. Is he going to be ready to play? I'm think, I mean, he's going to have to be ready to play if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And can KD make it through the entire playoffs healthy? Mm, that well. That is. A, it's like two months. That is the question that wonders out there. I don't. He hasn't played two months straight yet since hard, since blowing out his ACL. Or not ACL. It's Achilles. I mean, if you're the number two seed without KD, though, and he can if let's just say that he sandbags all year for whatever reason, health reasons, whatever, and he pulls the old Popovich to where he's like limited minutes all year, and it's like, all right, I'm not playing here, I'm not playing there. And let's say that he's just 100% going to the playoffs. So if you have 100% Kevin Durant, you got 100% or 80% James Harden, and 100% uh, Kyrie Irving. I would, yeah, there's no doubt, like they're going to win the East. The New York Knicks are fourth in the East right now. Nothing against the Knicks. I'm just saying, though, down the stretch, you know what I mean? Like, are they really going to knock off somebody? Are they really going to be able to beat Atlanta? 
Who, Philly? No, the Knicks. Oh, I thought we were talking about Philly. We are, but I'm just saying, like, in comparison to the rest of the East is my point. I think Philly's better than maybe you're giving them credit. I like Philadelphia. We've watched, uh, I've watched a few of their games here as of late. And Joel Embiid, if he's healthy, I mean, he's, he's my MVP. Now, I will say that, though. There's nobody on the net, or in the Knicks, nobody on the Nets that can stop Joel Embiid as far as, mm-hmm. you know, like those big three that you name. Like James Harden ain't getting down there. Mm-hmm. KD definitely ain't getting down there. No, they're not going to try to stop him. They're just going to try to outscore him. It's possible, I guess. Anything is possible, but I don't really know who wins the East. Uh, Brooklyn, there's so many unknown factors as far as who's going to be playing and who's going to be healthy. I like Milwaukee. Milwaukee's going to have to play, as it stands now with the standings, Milwaukee would have to play Brooklyn to get to the conference finals. That'll be fun to watch. And then it'll probably be Philly and I assume the Knicks, but we don't know. We just don't know yet. Do you think? I I like Philly making it to the conference finals. That I will say. What do you think is a better matchup? You think Philly versus Brooklyn or Philly versus Milwaukee or Brooklyn versus Milwaukee? Like what combination do you think is best? Best. Eastern Conference Finals. Best to watch? Yeah. Um, I think it's the more entertaining conference finals in the East would be Brooklyn versus Philly because Philly's the number one defensive team in the East in the in the league, uh, and with Bro- I want to see how that pe- matches up against the number like a a very amazing offensive Steve Nash D'Antoni system where it's always offense no defense so it'll finally settle the fucking battle like. What wins mm-hmm. and what doesn't? Is it the total offense or is it the total? Is it the defense? Like it's a classic offense. Like it's a huge offense defense matchup, right? It's like the number one defensive team in the league going up against the Nash D and Tony thing. All offense. I think it sets a beautiful fucking storyline, and everybody's gonna be talking about it if it happens. So you said you said Brooke or Philly Brooklyn. Yeah, Philly, Brooklyn, and the East okay. Conference Finals. I think. That's all right, so I, I agree. That's what with, I want to see. I agree with you to a certain degree, but I think as far as talent matchup, like talent for talent on positions, Philly and Milwaukee would be the better matchup to watch, as far as Giannis versus Joel Embiid down low. Because if you have Brooklyn and uh, Milwaukee, Brooklyn versus literally either one of these teams, who's going to guard either one of their centers? So, like, Giannis is going to have, like, 50 and, like, 30. You know what I mean? Because there's nobody down there to stop him. And then you have Joe Embiid on the other side. That if You know what I mean? It, it, they both could do the same thing is my point. Mm-hmm. So, if you're watching it from, like, a position versus a position matchup, like, mm-hmm. going toe for toe, I would think Philadelphia and Milwaukee would better be, be the better matchup. Okay. So, that's where I was going with that. Well, you know what I really want to see? What? Nick's heat in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> To me, that's way cooler than any. No, I mean, no, that definitely would be cooler. But that's Miami was there last year. Could no, I mean it could, but I mean it's just they would. Oh my god, that'd be insane. That'd be awesome. But that's just me. I think a lot of the Knicks players would just like their knees knees would buckle up at that point. I don't know. They're so young. Like who do they have? Tough team though. 
Who do they have on their team that has been there, like been in that situation before? Uh, they got veteran guys on the bench like Derrick Rose, Taj. Yeah, but I'm saying an Eastern Conference final, like stand, like this is it, all the marbles. Like you got to have a Giannis, you got to have a. Well, what they do have is like a a solid go to guy, that Julius Randle. Yeah. Solid. True. Heading into the prime of his career. Is he 27? I think he's like 25. Let's see if your theory is true. He's 26. So going into the prime of his career, like you said before, 27. Yeah, he's perfect. The timing's perfect. He's he's averaging more points than he's ever averaged in his career. More assists per game, more rebounds per game than ever before. More minutes per game than ever before, too. Thibodeau, 37 minutes a game. Played every game this season. But, yeah, he's, he's right in the Hausman prime zone. <laughs> uh, I love that it has a name now. <laughs> Copyright pending. <laughs> so, as of right now, Boston would have to play. They're the seventh seed. Well, they got to play in first. Right. But then they would they would play uh, Brooklyn first round. Seven and two, yeah. That'd be a tough match, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, though, man. Mm, that's tough. I still say Brooklyn will win that matchup. They've got to. Yeah. the An interesting one to me is Milwaukee-Miami. That's the one that I was kind of – I saw – First round. I if, mean, God, if, one of those teams is going to lose in the fucking first round. Ugh. If, I will say this. I, I want to see that matchup. Bam uh, Bam versus Giannis down so low. Both. Those are both awesome teams, and neither of them deserve to lose in the first round. Mm-mm. It's it's kind of uh, too How bad. Can, it's going to be a good series, though. So let's we got to start rooting for Miami to get over the Hawks then. Like, sure. I, like, yeah. Sorry, but the Hawks, so if there's anybody going to be a sacrificial lamb in the East, I'd want it to be the Hawks. Sure, yeah. I'm with you. New York-Miami looks like a cool, like a very good matchup, too. Yeah, that would be fun. It would be a shame. To, uh, the Knicks probably lose that one. Oh, for sure they would. But I'm saying but at least... the Knicks can beat uh, Atlanta. If the Knicks... The, the, I think the Knicks would take take away more from it. As far as, you know what I mean, playing against a veteran team like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, it's, you know, if it's... Um, it's New York and Atlanta. There's not really a lesson learned there. I don't. I probably wouldn't even watch that series. Right. <laughs> so, they would definitely have. Yeah, I'd say that's going to happen. Those are games I would just skip. Probably. <laughs> I mean those those are definitely going to be like a Saturday afternoon game at like two o'clock or something. For whatever reason, I just cannot get interested in Atlanta. It's because they have one player. I got a couple. I just don't care. He's got one player. Got I look at Atlanta like probably most people look at Memphis. They're like, eh, I'll pay attention when they start winning games. He has no help either. That's what's crazy. And he still does some of the crazy shit that he does now. Yeah, I didn't realize how well he was doing with uh, assists per game. He, The kid's an unbelievably talented. He, if they get him another piece to go around him, I think you're going to start seeing even more uh, national attention his way. But anyways... He's second in the league in assists per game, Trey Young. Yeah. 9.4. He's unbelievable. I didn't realize how well he was doing as far as feeding the rock. 
So what about the play-ins? So you got Boston, Charlotte, Indiana, and Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Boston at seven, Charlotte at eight. So we're probably taking Boston and who else? Who makes that eight spot? Is it LaMelo or mm-hmm. is it Westbrook? Or I is it the I, Indy team that's think, super good? Mm-hmm. The Indy team is such a complete team when they have all their players. Brogdon, Levert, Miles Turner, the DeMontes Sabonis. That's a complete team of guys that are really in that, like, Hausman prime zone. Indy is not a joke. I, yeah, I could see. All right, I could see that. I'm persuaded. Boston, Indy. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's a tough one for me with the Wizards and the way they've been playing eight and two in the last ten. Russell Westbrook's averaging a triple double again. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about it. He had nobody's saying he's an MVP. The first time he did it, he won MVP, and now he's not even an All Star. Dude, tonight he had twenty one rebounds and twenty four assists. Yeah. <laughs> he had 19 assists in the first half. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. 21 rebounds with 24 assists. That's wild. What happened to the game? I don't know. Oh, it's halftime. That's why. Oh, they kicked you off. Oh. I'm streaming it. So, our, uh, there's a uh, Predators and Blue Jackets uh, hockey matchup on there. Hockey? Yeah. <laughs> The Predators. Nashville. The Predators. Be Nashville. proud, Nashville. You're the Predators. Apparently there was a guy up there yesterday throwing poop on somebody. He's probably mad about being called a Predator. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, that's assault. Yeah, I go to Nashville quite often for work, and it's a, it's an interesting city sometimes. Mm-hmm. Every city's got its stuff yeah nashville's got stuff um let's see okay back to the plans all right i don't know i don't know i like boston probably wins their first game and secures the seventh spot so then charlotte has to play the winner of washington and indiana i don't think the raptors are going to make it they're too far down the bulls i thought they were going to be in and charlotte would be out didn't happen. But I don't know about those last three teams. Charlotte, Indy, Washington. I just don't know. It's totally anybody's fucking ball game. I don't know. I'm I'm torn I'm torn because I think that if somebody catches Boston on the right night, they can they can knock him out. But I just don't know. Like, the only team that I think that had the talent to do that would be Washington. Complete team, Indiana, for sure. I can see that. Yeah, I like Indy. But I also like uh, Westbrook. I'm a, I'm a Westbrook fan. You know, Washington Wizard Westbrooks. You know that uh, if it's Indy versus Boston, ESPN's going to be all over that Larry Bird thing. <laughs> you know, that, that storyline that they – they want to put in there. I think all of those teams are good enough to be in. All right, so let's make our way to the West. Sure. I guess since we talked about the top of the East first, let's start with the top of the West. Pahonix has the number one seed as of right now, and they're tied with the Utah Jazz. 
You got Denver, LA, the Clippers, that is. Dallas and the team or the team that is home to someone who is not a fan of the playing games these days, as if he wasn't before. The Los Angeles Lakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting with the Lakers. They've slipped so far down. They lost a lot more games than I anticipated they would without LeBron and AD. I have a feeling they're going to start winning some games. They're on a three-game losing streak. I think that's probably going to end pretty soon here. Yeah, that's definitely going to end. They're not going to be in the play-ins. There's no way. Unless Portland just continues to win. Portland's on a four-game winning streak. Portland, I mean, they're playing damn good basketball right now. I could see them. But the Lakers would have to continue to lose for Portland to move into sixth and out of the play-ins. As a Grizzlies fan, I want no part of the Lakers. And I agree with Pat on this one. We talked about what it did today. Pat say? Hey, Pat said he was like, I don't want any part of the Lakers playing game. I think that's pretty obvious. Like the Lakers are way better than a fully healthy Lakers team is a number two team in the fucking <laughs> West. Dominate. It's not a play-in team, <laughs> right? For sure. So that makes sense. I think, but I will take. I will take. I'll play. I mean, I'll. I think we can go head to head against Portland. I think we can go head to head against anybody as far as playing games, but who's we? The Grizzlies, that is. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. How's this looking at them in the West? Um, so you got Portland, you got Memphis, you got Golden State, you got San Antonio as of right now, in the play-in situation, and then New Orleans and Sacramento are right behind them. There's two games separating uh, the Spurs and and the Pellies. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with the Pelicans. I hope they make. The Make the play-ins. Just stay far away. Every time the Grizzlies have anything to do with the Pelicans, it's always bad news. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have a lot of faith in the Grizzlies making the playoffs. I think they could do it. Sure. They could. I don't think it'll happen. So do you think if we went up against Portland right now, Portland would beat us? Yeah. After they played last week... Yeah, I think uh, Portland's got it. When when they really bring it, they've got the Grizzlies' number. They're a veteran team. The Grizzlies are too inconsistent and too young. But with the Warriors is the one I'm worried about. Well, you know who's going to turn it on for that. Yeah, I can see them making the eighth spot. I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Spurs. <sighs> yeah, I mean, who knows if the Pelicans end up making it. Or the Spurs. You just don't – you can't bet against Popovich. That's another one. It's just – I'm just going to watch it and see how it plays out. I don't have a whole lot of, like – I don't think Memphis – I think Memphis has probably, like, a very low chance of making it. I want to be wrong, you know. I don't have my hopes up as a Grizzlies fan. I just hope – I mean, my thing is I hope they make it to the playoffs, not because I think they could win the playoffs. I just – the experience. Sure. For Jaw would like specifically for Jaw would be huge. I agree. That's that. That's all. Like I don't like if we make it to the playoffs. I don't give a shit who we play at the after that point. Like we can get swept. No, I, I, that's. I mean, I agree with you. That I want to see them make it. I just don't think they can. I don't think they will. They may not. I don't know. Of course, they may not. <laughs> There's it's not a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> the Pelicans especially are scary. They're Three and a half games out, though. 
somebody's going to have to start losing a lot of games. And the Spurs are on a three-game losing streak, so who knows? I think that man, New Orleans could squeak in there. They might. Let's pull up. Uh, so it would be New Orleans and Golden State versus Port, or or uh, then you have Portland versus Memphis. And the winner of that would play the winner of the bottom one. New Orleans doesn't have a favorable schedule going into the plans. Hell, neither got, do we. They, no, we uh, we as in the Grizzlies do have a favorable schedule. Well, no, that's true. That, it was last month. That was the yeah. Killer. April was tough, yeah. but New Orleans has to play Golden State, Philly, Charlotte, Memphis, Dallas, Golden State, L.A. Does that sound easy? I don't know. No. Look at this. I gotta I gotta look at it. I don't know. The Spurs have to play Utah, Utah, Sacramento, Portland, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, New York, Phoenix, Phoenix. Ouch. San Antonio can easily like never win another game this season. <laughs> That's true too. Sa- San Antonio. That is brutal. The Spurs have a brutal schedule for the rest of May. Yikes. Popovich is pissed. The Spurs could easily fall out of this and Pelicans move in. And then when the Portland Blazers or the Lakers win that seventh spot, Memphis would have to play either the Warriors or the Pelicans. <laughs> neither of which to we have stay to, in the eighth spot. Neither of which we'd have a great as it stands. Great success with. Shit, it could be Dallas in the seventh spot. Dallas, Portland, and L.A., the Lakers, are all tied for the fifth to seventh spots in the West. <laughs> I don't want to eat part of Dallas, man. Lucas, and so unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So just everything the dude does is unbelievable. Yeah, they've got good pieces around him, too, that can score and defend pretty decently. But up further up in the standings, Denver has no idea who they're going to play. Denver will play against the sixth seed as it stands. Which is the Lakers as of right now. It's the Lakers or Dallas or Portland. Denver has no clue who they're going to play at all. Not even like any kind of idea at all. We kind of jumped from the top to the bottom really quickly. I think you were a little antsy to talk about Memphis and the (laughs) play-ins. Sorry, I was. But so... Out of the West, we did this for the East. Who do you want to see in the finals? Who are the two teams you want to see? Hmm. In the West. Realistically. And then we'll do our fake one. Our dream. That's tough. I don't, I mean, it's different. Like, so as a Grizzlies fan, like, it's different to, like, pick, pick teams you want to watch in the East versus pick teams you want to watch in the West. Like, I hate each individual team. I don't hate, but... I, I just like each individual team in the West for different reasons, and it's hard for me to like want to see it. I, out of all of them, I would like to see Dallas go as far as possible just because I think Luka is so much fun to watch. Dallas has to play, as it stands now, the Clippers in the first round. Right. So, like, I don't have – like, I have no interest in the Clip. Like, the Clippers aren't going to win at all. You see what I'm saying? And well, neither were Dallas, but I just think that it would be – it would behoove the, or the NBA to have – 
Dallas go farther than the Clippers just only because of Luka? Because you want to get him as much experience as possible. You think the Clippers get knocked out in the first round? I think that that is a very good possibility, yes. What, I don't I don't trust the Clippers. Like, what would happen if they got knocked out in the first round? They already got rid of their head coach last year. I They would have to, as we like to say, BIU, blow it up. I don't know if they How can. many times do you go back to that well? Ballmer ain't going to blow it up. He's going to reload. So you think, I mean, like how many times do you live in purgatory? A lot of people are saying Paul George would get traded. I could see that. He would. He wouldn't get traded. What up the road to the Lakers? Because that would be one hundred percent, or not one hundred percent, but that would be a very high possibility of like the very first phone call that's made. I don't think the Lakers have anything they could trade. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they'd probably ship them to the East <laughs> if they were smart. And he'd go to Brooklyn or something. I don't know. Anyway, point being is I don't, back I, to Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Bird, you want this guy back? Larry Bird is not in Indiana anymore. <laughs> he has affiliation. He's he's there. He's in the shadows. Um do, do we need to take a beer break? Yeah, we do. Beer break. There is an old tradition, a game we all can play. You start by getting liquored up and sharpening your blade. You take a shot of whiskey, you grab your knife and pray, and spread apart your fingers, and this is what you say. Oh, I have all my fingers, the knife goes chop, chop, chop. If I miss the spaces in between, my fingers will come off. And if I hit my fingers, blood will soon come out. But all the same, I play this game, cause that's what it's all about. No, you can't use a pencil, cannot use a pen. Ways with a knife when danger is your friend And some may call it stupid, some may call it dumb But all the same we play this game because it's so damn fun Oh, I have all my fingers, the knife goes chop 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 If I miss the spaces in between my fingers will come off And if I hit my fingers, the blood will soon come out But all the same I play this game cause that's what it's all about Chop, 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 I'm picking up the speed. And if I hit my fingers, then my hand will start to bleed. All right, so who is it? Western Conference Finals. It's just, you want me to go first? Yeah, go first. Because, <laughs> I mean, I like I don't see Phoenix being able to make it. I'm sorry. What? I don't. I, they're not, like, I don't see them being able to make it to the finals. The Jazz, yes, I can see him making it to the finals, but I can see him shit in the bed in the Western Conference Finals. I feel completely opposite of you. I think Phoenix is the one, and Utah is the one outside looking in. I'm going to have to say, yeah, Denver and the Lakers in the finals. The Western Conference Finals. That wouldn't be possible as it stands right now because Denver would have to play L.A., well, I'm saying well, in the sixth or seventh seed. You and I, but we just discussed the fact that the Lakers are not going to be like in that sixth seed. They're going to they're they're about to tear off a a winning streak. Oh, okay, so you think they move up to the top half? Yeah, yeah, that'd be a tough one. If Phoenix had to play the Lakers, that'd be a tough one. If the Lakers are on, it's it's over, like for anybody. Yeah, Chris Paul is going to see the fucking the ghost of playoff pass. <laughs> And it's not to discredit what Phoenix has done this year because Chris Paul is – all right, as much as I hate the guy from the Oklahoma City days, 
and the Clippers days. Yeah, like, it's the Clippers days that bothers me about him. I I've just I'm I've never been a huge fan of the guy personally, but at the same time, what he's done in Phoenix with Devin Booker is pretty damn impressive. Of course. So I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I just don't think, as far as matchup wise, I mean, you know, let's say both him and Booker have a off night, a couple off nights, like whatever. I just like are they going to be able to hold their own against any of the other teams in the West? Yeah, he just really doesn't though. They don't do that. You could say that about any team, Josh. Come on, dude. Off I know you night. could, but I'm saying like that. Like so, Phoenix. That's like go, Phoenix's go-to thing is your your one-two punch with 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 uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and you got DeAndre Ayton down low, which is fine. But like, do you really trust DeAndre Ayton enough to carry a game if two of them are off? That's what I'm saying. So like, what other weapons do they have down the line that are going to be able to carry against Denver's for that matter? Or yeah, for, I like Mikel Bridges. And they have a and Phoenix has a great bench. I mean, let's look at. It. I mean, you're asking me. I'm telling you, that's what I think. I don't think uh, Chris Paul has bad games like that. I don't think Devin Booker does either. All right, so who do you who do you call in the Western Conference Finals? Either Denver or L.A. As it stands with the standings now, and Phoenix. I think Phoenix makes it to the Western Conference Finals. All right. Or Denver, and I think I think Phoenix plays either Denver or LA, depending on which one is on the bottom half of that. Okay. Whoever's on the other side of the playoff bracket, if if it's Denver or LA, uh, there's so much jostling can still happen. So I'm just speculating. Yeah, that's yeah, true. It is a way. I mean, it's a couple weeks out. So shit, I don't hate Portland either. I mean, I don't think Portland can beat Denver. That's a tough one. All right, so here's a question for you. Do you Denver think Denver versus Portland in the playoffs would be awesome to watch? Do you think that let's say Portland just shits the bed? Let's say this is the year that when they get dumped at like playoff time, like it just falls all apart for whatever reason or another. Okay. All right, just hear me out on this. I don't think so, but okay. I'm not saying it's gonna <laughs> happen. I'm just saying just hear me out. So do you think that when do you think Dame looks at it and says, dude, I'm 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 not gonna win it here? Like yeah, he may love Portland. He may like he may be the biggest voodoo donut fan in the world. But like, at what point do you like? Do you think he sits down and he says, "Dude, I can go anywhere in the NBA and people would accept me and put me in the starting lineup"? I don't know that he will. They've got a good ownership group there, lots of money. He's but what is it ever been like, on the record saying he wanted to retire there? Guys don't say that for no reason. I don't think he would do that. I think Portland will just continue to reload and reload and reload around him. Which is, like, I don't know. Like, I, I respect that, but it's also kind of sad because, like, his talent, dude, like, he. I don't think he's one of those team-up dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's him. I don't think he's going to Durant it. But, man, if he did, holy moly. They might catch some guys on the tail end of their careers that want to join him. Well, that's true, too. That's what I think. Like Carmelo. Um, maybe if Golden State blows it up and you got Clay and you got Steph out there hunting for jobs. Who do you give I that job to? If you could afford one, who would you give that job to? Down the road after it's all said and done. like One of those two guys? Yeah, riding in the sunset. 
type 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 contract. I'd give it to Steph because he's just been healthy for the last two years. Well, that's true too. <laughs> he hasn't pulling out his ACL. And but was it both knees? Wasn't it? His ACL and his Achilles, Clay. That's tough, man. I wouldn't be surprised if other guys look to join Dame, though. I hope they do, man, because Dame is he's so much fun to watch. And, like, it's just one of those things where you can't help but watch him and be like, damn, man, if this dude just had one more piece outside of, like, a a Carmelo Anthony in a wheelchair. You know what I mean? Oh, Carmelo's been good. He he, should watch more games. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I agree with I'm just saying, though, like, to – to push it over that edge, like because you know, you know just as well as I do that Carmelo and Dame aren't going to get to the finals. Like Dame will give it everything he's got, no doubt. But I'm saying, like without that, like push over the edge. Well, CJ's awesome too, and Nurkic. I don't, I don't, I'm not counting Portland out. I think Portland playing Denver in the semis before the Western Conference Finals would be awesome to watch. So awesome. Hell, Portland might beat them. I don't know. I bet on Portland last year. Didn't really work out so well. Uh, I, I think mean, they. I think they blew their energy in the in the play in tournament. Didn't they say though playing against the Grizzlies though is like it 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 really you know, rung them out as far as their uh, energy level. Well, yeah, they had to play the Grizz, and then they they did that ten games, and Portland. Won a lot of those ten games. Yeah. I mean, the bu- it was right when the like bubble they had was. to. Yeah, yeah, the bubble games. Yeah. They had to win, and they did. They achieved their goal. Hmm. But by the time they got to the first round of the playoffs, I think they were a little gassed. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. No. After taking all that time off, too, ugh, ugh. that was not an ideal situation for any team that was, you know, a uh, lower tier playoff team. Right. So who'd you come up with in your Western Conference Finals? I gotta go. I gotta go. Lakers Nuggets. Okay. That's what I gotta go. Well, I mean. it's impossible right now. But you're 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 saying there's gonna be more jumbling. Yeah, I think. I mean, that's that's not. That, I mean, you look at like all right. So the leader of the West has won forty six games, and the sixth seed in the West has won thirty six games. So there's ten games separating out the top and the bottom, and so. I mean, yeah, and the Lakers are on a three-game losing streak, and both Anthony Davis and LeBron James have explained their frustration. This is time, like this is what LeBron does. It's time to turn it on now, and he's going to find people on that team that want to play and want to get out there and want to fight, and like that's his claim to fame. Like he's going to get them wound up to play. The Lakers have the Clippers. They're playing Denver right now. What's the score? Hang on. What's the score? Denver's up 24-20. Okay. They're playing Denver tonight. Then they play the Clippers. This is the Lakers. And then they play Portland, okay. Phoenix, New York, Houston, Indy, Pelicans. Okay. Not the easiest schedule. Those last three games, you could say, are winners. Like, L.A. should finish strong there, playing Houston, Indy, and New Orleans. But... New Orleans and Indy are also playing for something, playing for that play-in. So, ooh, I don't know. Those aren't gimmies. The Houston is the only gimme on their schedule. The Lakers, they got a tough road ahead of them. I just, I, 
tough. All I got to do is make the playoffs, and you and I both know that at that point, like it's yeah. But you're talking about them making the. You're talking about Denver and the Lakers playing in the Western Conference Finals, and I'm saying that it may not be possible. All right, so if the Lakers if the Lakers don't get up to that fifth spot, what's Dallas's schedule? We just saw the Lakers; it looks tough. Dallas's schedule. Dallas has to play Miami, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Cleveland, Memphis, Pelicans, Toronto, Minnesota. Looks slightly easier than LA's schedule. So if the Lakers don't make it, I'd have to say that. Well, they will make it, but they're not. They may not be on separate the, sides of the playoff bracket to where they can play in the finals against Denver. All right. You know so, what I'm saying? Okay, I see. All right. I see what you're saying. They just wouldn't meet up. All right. They so, would meet up in the semis right. instead so of the conference finals. For the finals. I don't think it's going to be, but I could be wrong. D- Dallas' schedule just looks way easier than the Lakers. And Dallas has been fucking winning. I think Dallas might hold on to that five spot. Which means it would be Clippers, Dallas, Phoenix, or the eighth seed, whatever that is, versus Denver, L.A., Utah, or the seventh seed. Those are the sides of the bracket. Denver and L.A. might meet in the semis. It's very possible. And if Portland keeps winning shit, the Lakers might have to play a play in. It's going to be wild. <laughs> the whole thing's going to be insanity. I'm saying this is going to be awesome. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, absolutely. Just a couple of weeks left. There's no doubt. There's so many different possibilities. And we have no idea what's going to happen. You're probably right when you say that the league wants the Lakers. Oh, they 100% want the Lakers. Everybody to knows be that. in, and we'll do whatever it takes to keep LeBron in the playoffs. I just, like, I it's it <laughs> sucks because, like, if the Lakers do drop down to be a play-in game and they play against the Grizzlies, like, it's, I, don't have, I don't want any part of that. Doesn't matter. Like the refs are going to start playing defense and like knocking the ball out from underneath the damn rim and shit. Like, come on, man. The Grizzlies just forfeit. <laughs> right. Like we just don't show up after halftime. That's what we did. I don't know. I just I like I really want Ja to get the experience at some point or another. And I, I well, he's only a second year. I know. I just I want him to be until he's possible. like twenty six. I know. Then we're gonna see what he is in the Houseman zone. The Houseman Prime zone. Okay. Copyright printing. I feel like you should make clips of that of like all 27 year olds in the NBA, kind of like the red zone does, but with basketball and call it the houseman. Like, uh, well, I've already looked at next year's free agents and what guys are going to be, which players are going to be 27. (laughs) Who's all right. So out of the next year's players that are going to be 27, who's your favorite guy? Give me a second. All right. So if you go to NBA.com, you can look up all the players and and uh, look at, at where they are at age. Yeah. Who's your favorite? The prime zone goes from 26 to 29. So right off the bat, it's like guys like Zach Levine. If I could sign Zach Levine to a four-year deal right now, I'm doing it. Really? Yeah. Jokic? Absolutely. 26. 100%. He's playing great basketball, too. Julius Randle. I'd sign him. Giannis. I mean, you'd be an idiot Obvious. not to. Yeah. Devontae Graham, I like him. He's a lower-level guy, but you put him on a team with a bunch of mid-level 26 to 29-year-olds, he's a good player there. All right, so you think, all right, here's a, here's Karis a, good, Levert. Here's a good comparison. De, uh, Devontae Graham and Dame Lillard together. 
I don't if, know if it works. They're bo- like they both need the ball. They're both point guards. But Devontae can shoot the shoot the ball. I don't think he's better than CJ McCollum. What if what if Portland could trade? Devontae would be a great backup point guard. I don't know if he'd accept that role. He's a young buck. He'd have to. He's not that young anymore. He's in the prime of his career. Bradley Beal is another 27-year-old player. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's good, huh? He's amazing. Could be. Could come up to be the scoring champion this year. It's between him and Steph. I think Steph will get him on that. Steph's going to know exactly what he needs to get it. I just trust Steph way more than I would trust Bradley Beal in that situation. Terry Rozier, 27. Steven Adams, 27. Dennis Scrotum. I mean, Schroeder. What? Dennis Schroeder. Did you call him Scrotum? Dennis Scrotum, yeah. What his last name kind of looks like. All right. <laughs> Montrez Harrell, Marcus Smart. Your favorite Grizzly, Kyle Anderson. I'm just not a fake. He's not athletic. Joel Embiid. Oh, Jeremy Grant. There's a good one. Denver or Detroit's on to something with that signing. Getting him at 26, 27. They're going to have him through his prime years. Who's this? Sorry. I didn't Jeremy hear. Grant. Oh, yeah. Do you know Andre Drummond was 27? I see that. Yep. I'm kind of out on Oladipo until he shows me he's healthy and can play more than 10 games in a row. Malcolm Brogdon, love him. But he's 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 on the latter half of the Hausman prime zone. He's 28. So I'm getting into 28-year-olds. Valanchunas, love him. Playing awesome. And let's see, other 28-year-olds that I like. A lot of people like Bertans. He's 28. I'm not huge on him. I guess he shoots a... High percentage from three. 6'10 with a ratchet. Buddy Heald, 28. Buddy Buckets. I mean, I, I would trade my future draft picks for as many of these 26 to 29-year-olds as I could get. Yeah, but what if you had to give up, you had to leverage the future off of it? I mean, you'd have one bullet in the gun, per se. Yeah, but you're getting, if you line it up right, you're always going to have four-year deals of 26 to 29 year olds i get it i just i don't know giving up picks is fuck picks i don't want to develop i want to grab guys that are already developed and i know what i'm getting let's see tj mcconnell tim hardaway jr love both of those dudes anthony davis is 28 probably can't get him but (laughs) no you're not gonna get anthony maybe if la Wants to grab the next Kobe Bryant. He could Vladi Divac him. Myers Leonard. Ass. <laughs> Ass. Kyrie, Chris Middleton. Kawhi Leonard is only 29. Doug McDermott, 29. I love him. Dougie He'd Buckets. Be cheap, too. Dougie Buckets. That's your bench guy. You know, you're filling out your bench. CJ McCollum, still 29. Will Barton's 30. He's out. That's the line right there. Will Barton's the fucking line where I stop signing guys. So there you go. There's the answer to your question. All right. Fair enough. I'm trading all of my veteran players, all of my draft picks going forward, and I'm trying to get as many of those guys as I can on the same team. 
On another note, the Grizzlies are about to lose to the Knicks. It's 11 points with seven minutes left. It's not over yet. Oh, no, it's not definitely not over, but I shouldn't say about to, but on the road to. Let's take a break. There is an old tradition, a game we all can play. You start by getting liquored up and sharpening your blade. You take a shot of whiskey, you grab your knife and pray, and spread apart your fingers, and this is what you say. Oh, I have all my fingers. The knife goes chop, chop, chop. If I miss the spaces in between, my fingers will come off. And if I hit my fingers, blood will soon come out. But all the same, I play this game, cause that's what it's all about. No, you can't use a pencil, cannot use a pen. The only way is with a knife when danger is your friend. And some may call it stupid, some may call it dumb. But all the same, we play this game because it's so damn fun. Oh, I have all my fingers. The knife goes chop, chop, chop. If I miss the spaces in between, my fingers will come off. And if I hit my fingers, the blood will soon come out. But all the same, I play this game because that's what it's all about. Oh, chop, 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 chop. I'm picking up the speed. And if I hit my fingers, then my hand will start to bleed. All right. So Pat just sent me a text message, said he was in the neighborhood, wondering if we were recording. Of course we are. Asked if he could drop in. Normally I would say no. We're already <laughs> halfway through the show. <laughs> but Bo's not here. I mean, I can't fault it. I can't fault it. I'm not holding Bo up or anything like that. So we took a little break and brought Pat in. I'm not sure if we'll ever do this again. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you making the exception, brother. But Pat is here. Yo, what is up? Mr. What's Coach up, Pat? Pat. Pat, what are you up to That's tonight? Man, got some good news. Got some good news. Uh, got a got a new house moved into in, in, by the end of the month. That's all good. Works, works doing, you know going very well uh really wish these grips could pull this win off against the knicks but you know regardless still flying high it's 108 101 knicks with a minute and a half to go Oof. yeah 20 Oof. <laughs> it's seven points it's three or four possessions it's gonna be tough yeah, dude. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, what? here we go jenkins is what is jenkins doing Uh-oh. he just got tossed what happened? Yep. Bye-bye. Got, yeah, it. double T. He gone. He gone. Oh, God damn it. So, I guess we don't have a coach. All right, cool. I mean, they'll figure <laughs> it out. But, I mean, hey, you know what? Sometimes it happens, and uh, sometimes they figure it out. Sometimes the team needs that little kick in the in the pants to, to get motivated down the stretch to win the game. And... And maybe that's what Taylor's trying to pull off. Might be too late, though. Yeah. Not, not a lot left. of time there. Now it's 110. Now it's nine points. It was seven. It was you know, three possessions. Before that coach, you know, sabotaged us <laughs> with a technical double I'm, tag. You know, again, like I, I know I'm coming in late tonight. I'm kind of curious of, of what you guys have talked about when it comes to the, the play-in game, which I feel like is the most prescient 
for the Grizz, the and now the Lakers and the Spurs and, and you know the the mm-hmm. seven through ten in the West, and then you know I mean the East is the East, and I'm not going to pretend to know those teams because I really don't keep up with them as much. But all right, so this is what we were talking about before you got here. All, all right. right, give me give me your Western Conference Finals. Oh, and then I don't know if we have time to go. Oh, okay, it's fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just two teams, Western Conference Finals, and then who do you think has the best chance of making play-in games? Um, you know, out of the out of the four that we got right now. So Western Conference Finals, I feel like you have to include Phoenix in the mix. Like mm-hmm. Phoenix has been solid as hell all year long. I want to include Utah in the mix, but Phoenix somehow I feel better about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do too. Then I do Utah, but then there's also you got the Clippers in there and you got the Lakers in there. Uh, the only thing that Lakers have, and I guess Josh just got kicked out too. So huh. sorry to, to to interrupt the flow of, of this podcast, but yeah, Chris <laughs> Don. Uh, anyway, uh, but no, like. Um, Honestly, yeah. So Phoenix and, and 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 either the Lakers or Clippers. I mean, the, the money right now seems to be on the Clippers, but I think it's going to be the Lakers. So I, I think it's going to be Lakers Phoenix. I'm going to go with Lakers Phoenix. Pat, that was my pick. I think it's going to be Lakers Phoenix. Yeah, and that all kind of hinges on where the Lakers end up in the standings because right now they could be anywhere from fifth in the top half of the bracket to six to eight in the bottom half i honestly don't think it matters where they are well if they want to play phoenix it does because they'll if they play phoenix in the semis then it's fair fair it's not them yeah so that's kind of what we've been discussing is like you know it it was it's almost too early to tell because the standings are so close it's tied up you got Denver and LA are tied for and, the and, five and, and six. And then you still have Utah, like who's been like the Western Conference leader all season long. Right. And they're still playing good basketball. They've looked, they dropped a couple games, but they're still in the mix as well. Like Right. But for some reason, uh in my head I hold Phoenix at a higher level than Utah. I, I, I yeah, I do also. Phoenix yeah, it's is, it's is the a Chris Paul. It's the Chris Paul effect. In my head, like uh, if if Very I'm looking much. at it, it's, it's it's Mike Conley or Chris Paul. Which one are you going well, with? Have we also or have y'all discussed even tonight, like the fact that Denver has won like what nine of ten games now, mm-hmm. and with without Jamal Murray, like yeah, I mean as crummy as that sounds, like Jamal Murray's their best player, and it almost seemed like it didn't matter that he was on the court. I don't know they're, if he's their they're best just so player, killing, folks. I don't know if he's their Jamal best Murray, player. Uh, that, Jokic is the one that's in the uh, MVP okay, talk. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. Jamal Jokic. Murray is a highlight real player. Jokic is probably the the best player. He's the anchor man. He's the anchor, that's for sure. But they're with, regardless, they're without one of their two best players. Grizzlies are toast. Nah, this game's over. Knicks are just holding the ball. Told y'all, Knicks money line. Called it four hours ago. Um, you, I told you to take the Knicks, and you said, I don't listen to you when I make picks. No, I said I only take bets. It's not true. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> you live in the home of fake news. <laughs> yeah, I told Jeff, I said, I only take betting advice from John Roser. 
And <laughs> Roser didn't say much. So then I was like, all right, cool. Roser whatever. said, I've watched two Knicks games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for good measure. Like. Oh. He honestly cannot bet on, no, yeah. on no, the for, NBA. I, sh- I sh- there should be a disclaimer on that. He did not. Roser has never given me. Has all never endorsed a pick. All no. he said was he's watched two Knicks games. Yes. That's all he said. Well, anyway. That sucks. 14 well, hey, point so, loss. So we discussed like the West picks, or I guess my West picks, and then the also West picks. Like, but for the Eastern Conference, like, where do y'all see now the East? Because I, oh, like, I, I think Philly, I think Philly's right. come out of the East. No, let Pat go because you already told us. <laughs> do what? You already told us yours. Oh, go ahead, my Pat. Bad. I don't. I don't know that. Like, what do you think yeah, in the like, finals? Early season, like Boston, would seems like it would be the pick, right? Or Miami. Or Miami, but like they were there last year. But Boston like doesn't seem to have their shit together, right? But then they also pulled off a thirty-two point comeback, and then Jason or was it uh, Tatum that put up the yeah, sixty-point 60. game, like yeah. tied Larry Bird's record, like right, like the uh, franchise record game, like that's by the also way, his freaking huge dude. His kid looks exactly like him. Like I like that. That is. Like Does he sh- also have the the God's Will tattoo on <laughs> on, on his uh, on his shoulders? No, he's a child. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how things work, I don't Jeff. Think those I'm really not are, that smart. He could have been born with it. I don't know. It's not genetics. It's not inherited. Again, I'm not that bright. I don't know how it works. He could have been born with it. It might be right there. He could have also missed the apostrophe. He probably did. <laughs> All right. Let's just say maybe. But no, so I would say like, I mean, shit. Like even, uh, I don't trust it, but even, even the, the Wizards have come on strong yeah. as yeah, of late in the East. Them. Like mm-hmm. Can't count them out. You really can't because it's Westbrook, man. Wait, I, mean, I mean, I mean, I get – shoot. I mean, I don't even know what to say. Like, probably, right, so, probably, honestly, Sixers and then the field. Well, okay, so you take the number one. So he, likes, he <laughs> likes the Sixers. That's not unreasonable do you with think the way that there would be a, Do you think there would be a better matchup between the Sixers and the Bucks or the Sixers oh, and the sh- Nets? Mm, that's a good question. We covered that. So I, I did kind of forget. I, mean, I don't say forget, but like I, I kind of. Well, nobody's talking about them. Didn't consider like the Nets. Nobody's, who nobody's are, talking about? Who are awesome? Oh, yeah. When they when they can all get on the court together, but they <laughs> but they never all get on the court. That's together. what. So that's what we were saying earlier. So so you've got you, Jeff you've got Brooklyn who, but like nobody's talking about have all who seems to have all the pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think they played like what seven games, eight games all year Something long like together, that. like nine maybe. So if this works out, you're telling me like you got you got Kyrie, KD. And Harden on the court at the same time, with next to no chemistry. Even though, even though they're all great, they're all incredible players. But if you put those guys up against even even a Chris Middleton and Giannis led Milwaukee team, like mm-hmm. they've had multiple seasons together, I trust that team more than I trust mm, Drew Holiday. An eight or t- yeah, Drew Holiday, like an eight to ten game, whatever, like. Mm chemistry led team of of, of brooklyn like mm-hmm. i don't say you trust it mm-hmm. well, yeah and, and then again I, I i said the sixers but then and like that team has been together essentially all season long has been some injuries but 
that they play through, and I, I, I kind of trust what they got. Yeah, the Sixers look good. I was base. I'm basing the Sixers on their number one overall defense in the league, and I think it would be really fun. We talked about this earlier. Would to be to see a Steve Nash D'Antoni offense go up against the number one defense in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think it would kind of settle the debate. Right. It's like what fucking really works here. Mm-hmm. Is it the all defense or is it this D'Antoni Nash system? Like, can we finally like decide whether or not D'Antoni's system works? I mean, I don't. I don't know. If that's He's like, had a hundred. So, I don't options. know if that solves it for real. Like a D'Antoni Nash like offense versus. Well, it hasn't like worked. Defense number one. It has never worked. Never been. But it, but it's always you know to the finals. Shit, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to see. It He's would never be, been to the finals. Be fun to see. Like, that would be, like, a deciding thing. Like, oh, it can work. It did work. It's not ever worked. It didn't work in Houston or Phoenix. But he continues to get a shot to use this system that's never worked. It's like, if you can't do it with Durant, Harden, and Kyrie, then I think it's time to put it to bed. Well, no. So here's the argument. Here's the, <laughs> And Blake know, Griffin. Here's the, Oh, shit. <laughs> that's an fact. And I'm, I'm sure you guys talked about the dunk. Like from last night, it's like, oh shit, this guy can dunk oh, again. No. He's also like an incredible athlete. Like he played in Detroit for what a year and a half, two and a half years. Didn't dunk the ball. He hadn't dunked the ball mm-hmm. since twenty nineteen. Yeah, and then had a had a pretty amazing dunk earlier the season, and then last night also just yambling home off a of miss. It's like, oh no, no, this dude is still still there. Sandbag. Can still do that shit like. Yeah. Sandbagging sand mf like sandbagging mf It's reading so the right James there. Harden handbook. <laughs> yeah, the G- yeah, exactly. 100%, yeah. And it got it got Harden out of Houston. You know, it got Harden out of Houston. But to kind of go back to what I was saying, like, it's hard to write off an entire system with what they're trying to do in Brooklyn when all of your best players have played next to no games together. And and even the greatest, you know, like the greatest teams in quotes, like most of them didn't win in year one of that incarnation of those teams. Like so, so if Brooklyn keep that team together in year two, and have all the same guys back, the big name guys back, like that's when you typically win your title. L.A. did it that way, um, multiple occasions. The Heat did it that way. Like, that's – you don't win a year one. The You know, you, you kind of win in a year two. You give those guys a year to work together and figure out who's going to be the alpha, who's going to be yeah. the defender, who's going to be the – you know, like everyone's going to figure out their roles. All right, so let me ask you this. Do you think it's a better matchup with Philly versus Milwaukee or Milwaukee versus – Brooklyn. I think position. All right, so this is my thing. This is where I'm getting at is I think that um, with Brooklyn, like, yeah, you're going to have better shooters involved. But, like, Brooklyn's not going to be able to stop either A, Joel Embiid or uh, Giannis. So, like, those two players are going to get ridiculous points, ridiculous rebounds, and just dominate the center. Yeah, no, Brooklyn just wants to outscore you. They're not trying to stop anybody. Right. So, the the, (laughs) the issue – I believe the issue you run into with with any Brooklyn matchup is how many of these guys are going to be healthy on on a given night, well, that's wh- what, whether it's playoffs or not. So, right. Pat, you're exactly right, and that's what I told Josh. I was like, do we really think Kevin Durant 
after not being able to stay healthy for two months during the regular season, can do two months healthy in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, like a hard run, like, like every night, every these... other night. Like you, have, you've got to play. Damn it! I'm, just, I'm tapping on this desk over here, man. Like, You're anyway. exactly right, though. I mean, the health is the number one issue. There's a lot of questions. Like, like even LeBron. It's a fair question. Even LeBron, you know, in the last couple of nights, like he went out last night. Uh, with with a sore high right ankle sprain, and was quoted the day before saying he'll never get right again mm-hmm. because of the severity of that injury. I think he was just talking about his overall age, but yeah. yeah. Well, no, he's talking about the like the difficulty. No, he was. I believe he was talking about specifically like the high ankle sprain, how difficult it is to come back from that. But I'm sure his age also comes into play. I'm not gonna lie about that, but like. Him coming back in and, and and trying to play at that same level, like you don't ever know. Like in your mind, you might be able to play at that level. I thought it was weird that LeBron showed weakness, like saying that he won't be the best player. That was the weird. Like Jeff and I were talking about that when I first got here, and like Jordan would never like if complain somebody, about playing games. Yeah, right. No, That's never. What I'm saying like if somebody, no, I, no, I agree no. with that. And, and so, he'd like, be like, I don't give a fuck about somebody, the playing games. Somebody went to a podium. I'm not going to be there. If Jordan or LeBron <laughs> went to the podium and they were, and somebody was like, what do you think about the playing games? LeBron just went into like what he thought about it. And Jordan would have just stood there at the podium and be like, fuck a playing game. Why are you asking me about playing games? I'm not. Yeah, like, I, I don't care about playing games. I'll play whoever's in front of me. I'm gonna. Well, we, first we of all, the games are gonna win the game. First and of then, all, you let them worry about the playing games, and I'm pointing behind me. Right, right. For those that are listening, yeah, those guys back there. No, hey, I'll show up. <laughs> I'll play the. I'll play the fucking game. I'll win the fucking game. Yeah. It doesn't matter who I'm playing. Not worried about the system or like what it's done Dude, to me. The system has tried to keep me down again, LeBron James. Right. I, mean, I just can't like playing games. Like but see, Jordan but you, would never worry about playing no, no, games. No, no. So, so real talk. <laughs> kind of out of the blue, two nights ago, I decided to rewatch the Last Dance. Oh, like out of nowhere, I was like, I don't have shit to did watch. You get I've a seen bas- every movie. I was like, Did you get a basketball out and kind of like dribble around the house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, <that's> absolutely. <laughs> while I'm watching, I'm gonna get I, back I'm in shape between the legs and whatnot. But uh, but no, like I watched the first three episodes and off the cuff, it's like. Oh no, I'm right back in this shit. This motherfucker yeah. oh, is the ultimate competitor. Nothing I've seen yeah. ever compares to him mm-hmm. as a competitor. Like like he's is a straight up killer. He's a straight up winner. And it, you know, not to f- fault anyone for sitting out from injuries, but it feels like in that era of basketball whether whether it was Jordan or multiple other players, like they found a way to play through. Yeah, and you know what? It, it, in the end, it might have shortened a lot of careers. Honestly, it oh, probably yeah. shortened a lot of careers. For sure. But it came time. But but when it came winning time, championship time, yeah, those guys were like, "Fuck no, we win a title now if I play, or or we don't if 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 I sit out and right. and." and it just seemed like they just played. They played in, in like their own personal health, personal safety careers. Like, didn't yeah. matter. They just played the game yeah. because they loved the game. And LeBron's a little older now, and maybe he is having trouble rehabbing from this injury. It's not easy when you get older oh, like no. that. It does get tougher, and I think he's he's finally been tested on his mortality. You know what? That and that's 
as much as it's easy to kind of crap on a guy like LeBron, that's really hard to hear because for for like a, a a generation and a half of kids, like LeBron is 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 their Jordan. He's he's the right, goat. So, like, all right. So here here's the next question: who's who's next in line? What do you mean? Like who's next in line? Who's behind LeBron? Oh, like the greatest? Yeah. Like who? Somebody's got to take over the to the. Oh, it's obviously Lamelo Ball. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it is. I'm just kidding. No, I don't know if I I want to name one. I don't think anyone has has presented themselves yet in that manner. Anthony Edwards, where you can (laughs) add that in, like God, I hope it's John Morant. I mean, he's fun (laughs) as hell to watch. So honestly, it's not John Morant. I think it could be. Nobody's ever said he's the next Jordan. Come on. No. Well, so here's the thing that I did realize about uh, with watching like the last dance, last the the first three episodes. It was very easy for me to identify that with the way John Moran plays basketball and his mindset and his chip on his shoulder and the fact that you know I know I'm the best. You don't know. You don't know what I got kind of mentality, like, and I'm going to outwork you. Like, John Morant could be that guy. He could be that dude. I, think I mean, there's what, some work There's some work that needs to be done, but John Morant, in my opinion, does have the mentality. Oh, now, man. does he, it, yeah, him the having the skills, sure. you know, that Jordan has, it, you know, that remains to be seen, but I think Ja has that mentality. The best players figure out how to find a way to get pissed off every time with every loss, with every player, or with everything. There's always someone that, that gives him that edge. I just and, think, ja, and ja, to me, Ja feels like he has that edge. When I just uh, feel like the, the talent is spaced out to where now um, it, you don't look at one player and be like, oh, my God, he's so dominant because there's so much talent around the league. There's definitely a – a ton. I mean, the league, talent. the parody in the league is is probably the best it's ever been. That's a definite. That's a definite thing. Um, Michael, look, Mike. in the middle, in the middle of that parody, you have and shit like you have. Donovan Mitchell could be could be the next great player. And not to discount like, like guys like Moran and or not Moran, but uh, but Durant and Kyrie and like, but it almost seems like they're an old like as crummy as it sounds like. That five years, four or five years, like seems like they're an older generation. But but you have like your Murray's the guy like that that last last year's bubble playoffs oh, between no. Murray and Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. like that's some of the best basketball I've ever seen in my life. Jamal that was Murray incredible. was stupid. That was <laughs> yeah, incredible was basketball. So like mm-hmm. so those guys could take could could jump up and take that mantle and, and move the game to the next level. Mm-hmm. And then right behind them, you've got Zion and you've got Ja. And then even a year behind those guys, as much as I kind of want to hate on the dude, LaMelo Ball is right there. And he's got yeah. something too. Like the, the league like the, is so much freaking talent. There's so much talent there. Yeah, it's crazy. They could definitely use like a couple more teams to spread this shit out. Almost. But I mean, you know what? And that that's a really great point that doesn't ever maybe get discussed. Like if you were ever going to expand the league, yeah, there's enough. Seems like a pretty 
fucking good time to expand the league because there is so much talent that and and, and there are, and there is only 450 spots yeah, in the nba that, to go around like like the g league is getting stronger and stronger exactly and then also you have um this new uh the g league select team right like that's going to be a chunk of players coming into the draft every year that are just like nba ready players from day one you would like close closer than college kids Oh, absolutely. I think. Yeah. Maybe not a four-year college kid, but like a one and done. Yeah, I think they'd be closer. And, and, and like speaking and of better. that, like that's one less year of development that you have to have on your books for like taking a flyer on an 18 or 19-year-old kid who you're like, oh, this guy could be the guy. Like, So like an 18 um, or 19-year-old player like Hashim Thabit probably boo. should have gone boo boo <laughs> boo yeah, whatever but a player like that could have gone to play the g league select team yeah and then would have never gotten drafted in the right. league because they would have figured out better in that one game. year like hey, be- better than college like hey going back to that like who's the next jordan thing and i don't remember which one of you fuckers said john morant <laughs> but uh, i brought it up i just just in terms of I'm not okay. saying in terms of talent. I'm saying in terms of his mental makeup. I understand, like the Westbrook thing, like Westbrook. Westbrook. Yeah. No one on earth Kill will it. ever tell will ever tell Russell Westbrook he's not the best player in basketball. Right. And and so, in Westbrook's mind, he's the best player that's ever played the game. And there's no yeah, argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, so what Westbrook does statistically is on par with like what Jordan was doing. When he would play, especially with uh, Jordan scoring, so, so, so we're talking, was, we're, we're on, talking, man, pre-title Jordan teams. It doesn't matter. Jordan as a whole, because his numbers don't really change that much between championships and not championships. The help that he got and the defense that he played, and how much he trusted his teammates changed. But Jordan from day one was getting forty points a game. And you can re- you can compare right. that to Westbrook in the way that he scores and assists and rebounds. It's pretty damn comparable. Those numbers come out of effort. Jordan chose to just score. He wasn't really concerned with rebounding and assisting. However, he did rebound and assist at a high level, like five, six a game. But I am hesitant to call any player the next Jordan. Westbrook, I th- in my mind, is the closest or LeBron, the Westbrook and LeBron are the closest guys after Kobe to do it. John Morant, I want to see, I have to see like 40 point games. Well, to even consider him like a a Donovan Mitchell or a Jamal, like even a Jamal Murray. Like, I, I just don't see it yet. Yeah, he has a couple highlight plays every game, but more than not, he disappoints. I don't disagree. I don't I don't see that fucking Jordan shit yet. I don't I, see that mentality yet. You can think it and you can see flashes of it, but I don't see it for long enough during a game. I don't see 40-point games. I don't disagree at all. I got to see 40-point games. I got to see the stats to match the mentality for a 48-minute game, and some of that is the fact that he's only being allowed to play fucking 25 to 30 minutes a fucking game. So this is my thing on John. Like I, I want him to be, I desperately want him to be the next Jordan. Nothing would make me happier than that. He's but got, uh, realistically speaking, it's a long way to go. He's got to put opinion. whole games together. But realistically, realistically speaking, I think 
the person that's in front of him on that list would be Luca. Sure. Because Luca is just dude, some of the shit that he does is just Yeah. I would trade the whole Grizzlies team for Luca. The whole thing. You don't play that position better. I mean that seriously thinking though, like the last person that played the point guard position better than Luca I mean, he's up, dude. He's going to be up there when it's all said and done. He he's plays that Magic pistol, Johnson. Magic Johnson, Pistol Pete. What is he, 22 years old? I mean, yeah. No, he's younger than Ja. He's like 21. He's 22. Is he 22? Are you questioning me? Yes. How dare you? Should How I dare not? you? How Should I not? How fucking you? dare you? Is this the House of Who's podcast? Or, <laughs> or the fucking... Fuck himself podcast. Is this the fucking <laughs> Passing with Pat's pot podcast? <laughs> All right, so all right, so he's twenty two. I agree with what Josh. <laughs> no, but I I agree with what Josh is saying. Like, he's probably the most complete young player. In Absolutely, the he's awesome. It is awesome. Um, and and he can he can score and pass at will. That Mark Cuban, son of a bitch. Because I mean, I mean, like, I, honestly, we all will, know what Luke at will be. he can score and pass and and and. One of the good things about the way he plays the game, and this is something that I wish that John Rent could do, every play isn't dependent on explosive athleticism. Mm-hmm. Like, it's – it's he slows the game down in his mind. Mm-hmm. He draws defenders in, and then he manages to throw up a, a, a crazy shot, so to speak, like – well, I'll say and, this. And, 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 and get his buckets. And, and, and then even when it crunch time, he can fucking shoot from 10 feet or 3 feet or 5 feet, whatever it is, like beyond the 3. He's, and, and still drain a, drain a bucket and, and drop crazy passes. And He's he's Chris the, Paul 2.0 with a better I mean, shot. Kind of. Uh, with yeah, a much better well, shot. <laughs> and with and, a shot. And he's 6'8". Yeah, and much taller, too. <laughs> he can rebound and he can defend. So I mean the the yeah, it's the, it's like wild, the, the obvious knock yeah. on Luke on Luca is like his kind of non athleticism, but I almost feel like that's his biggest strength in the same way that I felt like that's Zach Randolph's biggest strength or was his biggest strength. When you have a player like John Moran or Derrick Rose or whatever, like you have to jump up ten feet out of the ceiling or off the floor every time. To create these incredible plays. Wear and tear on the body. Which, which opens you up to get undercut and uh-huh. hit and oh, yeah. take huge amounts of wear. Stay on and, the ground. And, and, and like a very, very, very young Luka Doncic at 22 years old, it's like, nah, bro, I don't have to do that. Yeah. Like, I can play the game my way. Like, it feels like this dude has something figured out on his own. So even if he were like blowing ACL. But I mean, or, you think, or, or like, or have an injury, like, you got a guy. You know, I don't want him to have that. You know, have a, a serious injury. But even if it seems like if he were to have to have an injury, it's got to come soon. Well, no, he could come back from it a lot easier because his his, his game isn't predicated upon explosive athletic ability. Right, like it's mental. I think with him slowing the game down, though, man, I th- I think he's finally realized that like he doesn't have to do anything inside of the paint unless it's completely wide open, like a boxing one or something, to where he can bounce off of and hit a quick jumper, and there's nobody around him type deal. I mean, but, that's not the way he plays, though. Like 
Like he, like, he is, <laughs> he shoots shot after shot covered up by two and three defenders, but he knows right, but how I'm to sure. get. He's able to get his shot up. But I'm saying he does over defenders, and it, but he doesn't have to have the quickest release or be the highest jumper right. or be the most athletic person. Like he's figured something out in his own game. Yeah. Well, to make it where you were comparing him to Zebo, Zebo, yes, and, and, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, right, Tim Duncan too. But Zebo, what I like about you saying about Zebo is that Zebo would get physical, and Doncic does that. He plays a physical game. Which it sometimes can be a knock because he gets a lot of bumps and bruises and sometimes misses games because of it. But if he can figure out how to not play so physical, and he takes a lot of hits, man. Like people like to beat up on him. It seems like <laughs> I don't disagree, but it seems like it's easier to come back from a sideways bumper bruise yeah. versus a big man. Sure, sure. But than it is these, to come yeah. back from a. A twisted knee or a fucked up ankle twisted or something. Knees, yeah, because I mean, you decided to jump nine feet off the ground with nowhere I, uh, to go, hundred percent agree. And then agree. try to bend around in the middle of traffic oh. and hope to shoot off a pass. Right. And as much as I love the way that John Moran plays, and I think he could possibly be on a competitive level, a player like Michael Jordan. Mentally, he's not there. It's the same thing that you say. Like if you compare like Joel Embiid and Tim Duncan's careers. Like when Joel Embiid does that flying at the rim trying to yam on somebody, I get so nervous. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't be in the air you're, like that, man. That's Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, yeah. same thing. All those baskets count as Tim Duncan two played Tim Duncan played a long two fucking points, time. Tim Duncan played a long fucking time staying on the fucking ground. Mm-hmm. Baby hooks. And he would just outsmart you. Yep. Uh, the the physical game, like Embiid yeah. does it, he like just wants to outdo you physically. Well, I think that I mean Shaq definitely set that bar as far as big man. So sure. like, I mean, well, that's an impossible bar to ever come across. Well, no, no, unless say, you're seven on, feet. Hold on, long, hold on. I'm not saying well, that, I don't think I'm not saying that anybody's ever come across that. I'm just saying that like, so you have so many guards in the league right now who are like, okay, I want to be this, that, or the other. Like, you have so many guards you can say, okay, are the best. But it's when you go to big man. Recent history wise, Shaq's it. Well, Jaren, recent history wise, Jaron does it too. Tries to get up off the ground. He's flailing around all over the fucking place, flying through the air. And you're like, dude, that's a, that's the key to not having a long career. I mean, right. yeah, you go down, you go down wrong on that. Ask Yao Ming. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but Luca, back to like back to Luca. It's it's you're right. Like he, that is a strength of his game is that he doesn't have to fly through the air like that. It is. Mm-hmm. It is slow and measured. But when he does jump from, I mean, you know, from this, what, season and a half, two and a half seasons now that he's played, mm. is measured basketball. Mm-hmm. And whether he's, you know, finishes, stays in, in Dallas or, or moves along in his career, like, I, I, I firmly believe, like. Magic Johnson's a great comp. Like, I, I firmly believe that, like, that Luca could overcome an injury, a potential injury that he might have. Because he is not solely like as crummy as it was for Derrick Rose to have these injuries, but like, yeah, he was so dependent on his athletic ability. Yeah, Luca is not dependent on his athletic right. ability to play the game. Imagine uh, Magic Johnson in today's league shooting threes. Oh shit! 
<laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, he'd probably be the scoring he play, he champion. Played the, he played the friggin' five. Imagine if Magic probably Johnson he, never he played, gets he HIV the, positive. He played the five on a title team threes. in year one. He played every position. He played the five on a title team every in year position. one to win the to win the title. Mm-hmm. So all the passing ability is there, but with 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 uh, the shot that that is now you know so much more called upon in today's game. Like, do you know how old Magic Johnson was? His best year of his career. If you tell me twenty seven, I'm gonna hang up the fucking headphones right now and and walk out. It was his highest scoring season if you tell me 27 I'm, I'm leaving right now one of his highest assist seasons is 27 the nba magic number that we that no one ever talks about is that the number they won the nba finals did against they, did boston they, against uh, they beat the celtics what year he was 27 <laughs> 1986 87 well um I guess I guess I need to go. This is undeniable evidence that the Hausman <laughs> Prime Zone will work in the NBA. The house, dude, I do love the Hausman <laughs> Prime Zone uh, as a. It's this is uncharted territory. Factor like the Hausman Prime Zone. Nobody's ever fucking done it. Nobody's ever created a team of just twenty six to twenty nine year olds. Honestly, podcast audience, you're gonna listen. I'm dapping. I'm dapping my brother <laughs> Jeff up right now for the for the Hausman Prime Zone. Between all our group texts, between what we've all talked about, he has preached for a very long time. Twenty seven in the NBA, twenty seven in the NBA. Like, yeah, I just yeah, never took it. Number. I never took it as seriously as I do now. But I've been thinking about this for years. But I never really came to like a plan, like how to use it. I think I, I think I figured out what the plan is. I if mean, you, as much as I want to, like. Nah, bro. Like that's all anecdotal. But like, I'll keep showing you. I'll I keep mean, showing but, you but, as long as you listen to this podcast. I'll show you. But how 27. more times than not, twenty-seven year old guys are right in. Like that's their prime. That's the prime. Twenty-seven is your is your prime. Like you're old enough to have played in the league for several years. You're not too old to be over the hill. In nineteen eighty-three and eighty-four. The Boston Celtics won the world championship against the Los Angeles Lakers. I've never heard of this team. Uh, were they new? Larry Bird was on this roster. Guess how old he was in 83-84 when they won the NBA Finals against the Lakers. Well, shit, I think he came out in like 77. Uh, was he 27? It was, God damn it. I know out. the answer to the question because of the way you asked it. Was he 27? He was 27. <laughs> And when he was twenty seven on this show, I guess it was. I guess it was. (laughs) And when he was twenty eight, it was his second highest scoring season of his career, at just under twenty nine points per game. Ooh, man! So that's something you know. Like none of us are kids, so to speak. But I do wish (laughs) Pat looked across the table. I do. I, I I do wish. I do wish. But but we're all we're all we're not kids. We're not old enough to have gotten to see that early 80s. I think you were. (laughs) 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 
I was born in 1981, brother. Like, <laughs> like I, I got my memory recalls pretty fucking strong, but like the 82, 83, 84 finals are things that I just can't I can't pull out. But like, like that early 80s, early mid 80s, 85, 86. Like that's when I was I actually really started having some memories. Like 86, 87, but like. That early 80s era, Lakers, Celtics. I wish I wish I would have been old enough to see some of that. Like, because that would have been, like, those guys played, like, those guys played so fucking hard. It's fucking awesome. And, and they, they undercut each other on every fucking layup and, and, and every shot taken. Like, oh, it was awesome. Like if you, that, that's what sparked if, the NBA. Yeah, that's that what whole made the era. NBA good. Like Magic and Bird just it, like rejuvenized well, the Magic NBA and, Bird and sent it to the next it, level. And, and like, and then you had the Pistons coming in too. Like you know that in the mid eighties, and then they got their two titles like late on. But like you know in that in, in that decade, but like those guys would legit undercut each other every time they went up to for even like a rebound, like. And to, in today's game, like the guys are a lot more athletic, but they're all they they won't throw hands in that era. Like those dudes, well, that's gave more. zero fucks about beating the shit out of each other, yeah. and it was almost expected. Like okay, like you go up for a rebound, I'm gonna undercut you, yeah. and if you don't come back at me hard, then you're a fucking pussy. I think that that's where the game was played. And the the league hadn't let it get to that, and they're not going to because there's too much money in these guys, man. Well, they, yeah, and, that, and that's fair, and, and like there's nowhere I mean, near the it. the money. Well, they've been trying to clean up their image since, but yeah. right. But there, I mean, I mean think, there was there was nowhere near the money associated in the game that that there is now. Think about it. if you if you were an owner right now and you had a uh, hundred million dollar uh, contract player out there for X amount of years, whatever. And, like, you would do everything in your power to protect that player at all costs. You know what I mean? Just because they think that that's the most expensive player on the court. So, and I don't know. What's the question? Like, what do you <laughs> want to see? What do you want to see that player, your franchise-level player, defending every other player on your team, taking their backs? I'm not saying getting punched in the face, but but – Making like being the dude, like that's the thing. Like, there's not enough. I don't think there's anyone. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. Like, I don't think there's anyone that plays in this era that that is willing to be the dude. Like, so now the dude talking about Dylan Brooks. It's a guy like Dylan Brooks, <laughs> legitimately. It's a guy Every, like Dylan Brooks. Everyone like, hates him. He's, you know what? He's not your franchise player, and everyone hates Dylan Brooks. It doesn't play for Memphis, but. There's always going to be a spot in the league for guys like that. Guys like Robert Covington, Dylan Brooks, you know, just hard-nosed defense. Like, I'm not putting up with your shit. Players. Well, and, and the the Morris brothers, like. Yeah, those guys those guys are pretty close to there. But, hey, but but back in the day, like, you didn't have to have the Morris brothers or Dylan Brooks. Like, <laughs> your, your top-line guys, your fucking top-line players would be would be. Right there in the in the mix, Jordan would be right there in the in the fucking mix. Like, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. The entire time you've been talking about the dude, I've been sitting here thinking about phones. Lebowski. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> phones ringing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sorry. That that new one's 
<laughs> Dude. <laughs> all right, so the for anyone listening, for anyone listening. Nobody. They all turned it off. All seven of us. Um, Everyone year, turned it ago. off, dude. Years you ago. guys are just yelling. <laughs> years ago. Uh, me, Jeff, uh, Josh, dude, and, and some other of our friends. About, nobody cares about this. I'm telling the story. It's fucking right, story fine. time. It's late. I'm telling oh the story. God. Yes, we are staying up late tonight. <laughs> hey, I'm going to ask for another beer. I don't beer. care. I'm asking for another beer. Fine. I'll get you a beer. I'm, I'm telling the story. So years ago. Both drinking, dude. <laughs> we all went down to New Orleans. It happened to be my birthday. Josh pulled off a <laughs> just, ha- just happened to be. <laughs> well, no, I mean, hey, I'm actually trying to give you credit, but uh, Josh pulled off some something like a pretty great trip. We all went down, all hung out, and night one or, or like we got down night one, and maybe the next day. It, no, Me, it, Josh, and maybe uh, another was, friend of ours are, are down there, and and we're hanging out at what we called uh, like our local watering hole, we call, or called the Alibi, in the quarter. Uh, it is a shithole bar in the quarter. It's actually cleaned up since then, but it's now clean. But at the time, it was super run down, and we were we felt very much at home. <laughs> um, we'd already had three or four drink slash shot combos. And the phone rang one time, and I'm feeling I'm feeling all of myself. And there's like a female bartender who's who's there. the The phone rings one time, and I said, "Phone's ringing, dude." Like I, I, I quoted Lebowski, and she shot me like the worst piece of shit. Fuck you, look <laughs> ever in the world. <laughs> and all of us started laughing hysterically. <laughs> As she answered the phone, she, she, she did not get the joke. She did not. She did not want. She did not want to answer that phone. She did she certainly did not get the joke. She certainly did not want you to tell her to answer the phone. Like, hey, you should answer that. And I did. I wasn't even trying to be a dick. I was just all right. Yeah, but you were. I was drunk. I was like, first we get dude. I was quoting a movie. All right, so it was funny. So as a as a bystander to the story, I was sitting right next to Pat watching a football game, and I just was trying to get my grips about me in New Orleans on what day two <laughs> out of nowhere Pat just decides to drop this little uh, tidbit of knowledge on me at 12 15 in the afternoon and I just lost it <laughs> I was like holy shit this is great <laughs> the bartender didn't she pretty, appreciated. Uh, pretty sure I was still in bed while y'all oh, were dude, doing all this you slept. <laughs> yeah. that was a sleeping day for me you had, you had to get Jeff up with a forklift both, both, like two or three nights or three or four nights, whatever, however the oh, fuck long God. we were there. I woke up staring at the bottom of Bursa's shoes. Bursa's <laughs> <laughs> Russell showed up like the next day, and I was like, holy shit, the three of us got in a lot of trouble. Now we're adding two more pieces of this puzzle. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Hey, man, it was fun, though. That, that night we went to, uh, oh, God, we went to Drago's at night. And we walked from damn Bourbon Street. No shit. We were at this damn bar. I don't remember what even. It was one of those two-layer bars important. on Bourbon Street. Yeah. Honestly, I have, I have like very, very faint recollections of I, this. So and, I, I, and I know where this story is going. So I've got a good buddy of mine that lives in New Orleans. And so he kind of points me in the right direction every time I go down there to you know bring people down there to go eat or whatever. And so we go walking down Bourbon and going back through like the French Quarter, we're going to Drago's right across the street from the casino on the backside. And Pat 
you know, the whole way, he's like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it. We get there, and, like, I don't really know that Pat ate anything. He just grabbed a chair and, like, turned it backwards as if he was fucking the Fonz or something. And I'd also gotten up earlier, stayed up later, and drank oh, more than, than the entire party. Let me for, ask you a question. Do you think you drank more that night or this night, tonight? Oh, shit, that night. <laughs> it's not... It's not even a comparison. Well, we did go to Commander's Palace the night before. That was fun. I mean, that was that fun. was the three of us. No, I've had yeah, of course. Commander's I've Palace. Been. Commander's Palace felt like hey, somewhere you know where grandmas and grandpas eat for some reason. Yeah, hey. dude, it was so good though. It oh, was good. My God. The ambiance was very uh, fucking. Um, an eighty-year-old in old Florida. Man. <laughs> you know what? Hey, you know what? I'm about to sit. I still got the pictures. I'm sending you the House of Hoops cover for, for this week's episode. Is okay. it the three of us? It's the, the three of us the Commander's Palace. I've still got it. <laughs> All right. I mean, that, I mean, that's that's the cover episode. Like the, um, yeah. I'm so glad you came over tonight, Pat. Hey, man. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me. <laughs> it was a late night. You, you, asked, you asked me earlier. We like, still got to like, do the pick game. Several weeks. <laughs> We're coming back from break after weeks, this. You asked me a couple weeks ago, would I come on this on this specific date? And I said... You know what? I don't know. If I find a house, I'll come on. I feel a lot better when I do. I don't think tonight was the date, but I don't know. I think it was. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> I got a house. I'm not going to be homeless. Pat's been celebrating. Good for you, man. A little bit. Little I'm bit. happy Good you came you, over, man, because I was getting really bored of fucking Vanelli. <laughs> hey, I was moving we, we all fucking needle Josh. over here, baby. We all fucking know Josh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bored as shit all the dude. I'm I joking. You, We're kidding. We're kidding. Oh, we need to get Roser on here. I've never seen that fucking bobblehead on that strophe over there move so much. That's tonight. All the damn table. Fucking table banging motherfucker. (laughs) Hey, man, some of us, when we come in, we come in hot. This is going to be an all-timer. Good game. We need to uh, to get some new names on this Champions League side. Right here. Giving them pick games. Yeah, it's just missing my name from last year so far, but okay. It doesn't date back. For whatever reason, Evan didn't put, like, the whole history of the league on there. Oh, Evan's in charge? Oh, God. Yeah, he just half-assed it. That's why you can see all the glue and shit on there. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what's wrong with the league right there. Man, I could have built. No, he he was in charge of the trophy. It has nothing to do with the league. No, it's Evan's fault. It's definitely Evan's fault. All right. What about this pit game? What about it? All right, what we got? Are we actually going to move on? I feel like we got to move on because I got about like f- five to seven more minutes of coherent content in me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. Let's move I it. I mean, maybe uh, 10 to 15, but, I mean, let's not stretch it. Let's, let's move this fucking it. shit show along then. All right, so next week we got. No, we're going to talk about last week's first. Oh, okay, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> Did any of you have any idea what the pick game was last week? No. Let's, say, let's take a guess. All right, let's, let's take no, a guess. So I that. guess it's fair to say you didn't watch it, but you might have. What was it? You might have actually watched this one and not know it. With the Grizz game? It was a Grizz game. It was Who? the Grizz and... It was Wednesday the 28th. Minnesota? It was the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, Portland. shit. So, so the be back game after two, and they fucking <clears throat> raped our asses. Ofta. 
That this was, was the pick game. Yeah. It no, was. We got it's DKI. <laughs> it was the Portland Trailblazers at the Memphis Grizzlies in the FedEx uh, Forum. We got raped. They did not lube it up. <laughs> that was a bad one. Yeah. Hate to tell you. Memphis but, was going for the sweep here. Still won the season series, but they whipped us up and down the court the entire night. From it was the not particularly close. From the start. At all. From the they, start. They had her number. And, and No, they came in focused what? and ready to be ass. The craziest thing to me was that they took motivation from Dylan Brooks saying, you know what, we've won the first two games. We'd really like to win the three. third game and sweep the series. Three and then the fourth. And 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 it wasn't like Dylan Brooks said, we're going to whip your ass and we hate you and fuck Portland and whatever. Dylan Brooks just made like a pretty, you know, kind of tame statement. Yes, we'd also like to win game three, but Portland took so much motivation from that. It was like, oh, Dylan, this Dylan Brooks guy, we're going to win. And they, they kicked our asses. They kicked the Grizzlies' asses I the believe, entire game. I believe Dylan just said some sort of uh, a comment in, a, in, in respect to saying in something interview. about uh, just wanting to get the sweep. Right. Right. It, again, what I'm saying, like it, it wasn't like a we own Portland – we hate Portland. Like it was like no, but it was a very innocuous. Comment. Portland had every right to be upset about that. Like you think you're going to sweep us? We're higher than you in the standings. We're not a sweep. We're not the sweep team. You're so, not going to get the sweep. So, and it, I think they proved that they are. I mean, and, and that's and then they've, they've also gone on a huge run since then to prove that they're clearly a better team. But in the moment, in the question, if if you're Dylan Brooks and a Reporter asks you, hey, Dylan Brooks, your Memphis Grizzlies team has just beaten the Portland Trailblazers two games in a row. Three. Two at that point. Two at that point. Would you like to beat them for for a third game in a row? And Dylan's like, yes, yes, I would like to beat the Portland Trailblazers for a third game in a row and sweep the series. He, like he, he, he wasn't being an asshole, which he clearly most of the time is on the court. Like he he wasn't being a jerk. He just was like, "Yeah, I'd like to beat them," and and like they they hung it up in their locker room as Dylan Brooks says, "We're better than Portland, and we can kick their ass and blah blah blah." But don't Dylan just was making like a yeah, I want to beat the team. I, but you know, but again, to Portland's credit, like they came out and they kicked our dicks in. They beat the crap out of Memphis. They played harder. They played better. They were the better team. And now, after whatever streak they're on, they've moved up into the sixth seed. And if they continue to play the same way they're playing, they won't they won't have to play in the playing game anymore. All I gotta know is Jaron Jackson Jr., Jesus Christ, man. At what point do we see some fucking like I, I'm sorry, dude, like right here. Here's a great example. Twenty four minutes. Four from 15 from the field, two from 10 from the three-point line, three from four at the free-throw line, one offensive rebound, four defensive rebounds, five rebounds total, two assists, and two blocks, and a plus-minus of negative 13. So, like, my point being is, like, that's, like, compare that to John Morant because that's the next player we got on the team. I'm going to need some more production out of that. 
out of Jaron Jackson. So you say that, and he's also being forced to come off the bench, even though he's clearly a starter. And then you compare that to a guy like Alonzo Ball, who is coming off that wrist injury, and then game one is a starter and has like that incredible flip pass uh, I'm not from three-quarter court. No, no, no. And no. it's like, hold on, and, and, and like pulls off an amazing play. My issue is not with Jaron Jackson's missed shots or whatever. My issue is with our coaching staff and front office not putting our second best player on the team, the Grizzlies' second best player on the team, on the court with the starters. Because it seems like if you want to win the games and if you want to be competitive when it matters, you have the best players on the court together. And, and they don't do that. Like they. So do you think? So would you start Jaron Jackson Jr. over Valentinus right now? Never. But that's not that's not the question. The question is: Do you start Jaron Jackson over a possible Kyle Anderson, or, Kyle or, Anderson. or a possible Grayson Allen? Because you could move the lineup around. Because so the so there's three of five that are submitted. You have you have you have Job. Ja, mm-hmm. You have Dylan, mm-hmm. and you have. JV, you have Valanciunas. Okay. Moving Jaron into the lineup, which he absolutely will be in the starting lineup, raises the question as to do you have a player like Kyle Anderson be a small two at that point to stay in the starting lineup, or, or do you keep Grayson Allen in the lineup at the two and and work it that way, but it, you know, but between three and four of the five players should be set in stone, in my opinion, and I think in most Grizzlies fans' opinion, I don't know how the coach is going to work the other, the other the other one at that point. Justice Winslow is going to take us to the promised land. You know, we're on a podcast Crickets. right now, so I'm not going to punch you in the face. But uh, <laughs> hey, crickets. But, but we, we all know that it happened. Pat, I don't know why I thought we had already played. I thought we played Portland early in the season. I misspoke. It happens. This was the third game. So you're asking who should start? Is that what you're trying to ask? Well, For I Memphis? Mean, I feel like at this table, we're all in agreement. The starting lineup, four of five are solidified. Between John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson and Jonas Valanciunas, you had four of the five. The only question is who is the fifth starter? Oh, I've got one. Well, and and, and is that is is that um, Grayson Allen? Like we we all love Anthony Melton. We all love Tuna. Tuna. That's who I was going. We with. all we we all love we all love Anthony Melton. But Tuna Melt. Who who who's who's the fifth starter? And, and, and you're not going to like it. I think it's probably Grayson. Honestly, no, it's it's not. Who? It's Desmond Bain. Bain is a rookie. Nah. Yeah. That's I, my, think, that's I, think, my pick. I think Bain is a second unit player right now. I don't think. I don't it. think you. Honestly, I don't, I understand where you're coming from. I think Bain has yeah, potential. I want, I want more off the bench. We don't <laughs> but, need. But, we don't need. 
Grayson or like a top guy playing at the same time with Jaw Morant and Valanciunas and Jaron and Dylan. I disagree. I, I disagree. think I disagree a lot because we Desmond. We need, what I want is a guy sitting out there that can hit over forty percent threes and just be open. Is is that not? Grayson Allen's role on the team. Desmond. I feel like I feel like that's Grayson Allen's role. I just described Desmond Bain. You also described in a perfect world Grayson Allen. In a perfect world, what does that mean? That means when nothing goes wrong. When goes <laughs> you're, like you're talking about, if Grayson was shooting over forty percent from three, I mean, and he had, he's had his runs at multiple points in the seasons, like this season rather. He's close. Grayson. And, and he also has, and like, not to disparage Desmond Bain, he's also got multiple NBA seasons under his belt that Desmond Bain just doesn't have at this point. So I do trust. Yeah. I do trust a three, four-year veteran over a rookie. Yeah, they're going to play the same amount of minutes. I just think with that group that they don't need, like, the – Firepower coming off the bench, the way they're doing their rotations just works out better. But that's my opinion. With Grayson, him off the bench, maybe playing the three, I like that better than you can. You can say no, it's well, no, fine. No, I, like I'm so not going to argue about it. Well, no, I just like I'm just saying. Well, like I'm also. Thinking, I like Desmond I'm, with the starters. I'm and thinking then Grayson as you're talking. Off the bench. I'm thinking as you're talking, and I'm and I'm also thinking about like. Whether it's Desmond or Desmond Bain or Grayson Allen off that bench to play that two, the three right now, you would figure the Grizzlies are trying to play that to be Justice Winslow. As long as they're not trying to force him to be the backup point guard, he should be the backup three, if anything, which leaves us some open shooters and some open spots. Tillman at the five, Kyle at the four, you know, if we're going with, with the other lineup. But yet, there still seems to be, I don't want to say an embarrassment of riches, but like we have a we have a deep team for the first time in a long time. And, and it's figuring out those rotations that, that come into play. I think that I, I think that there's more hope on this team that there's been in a long – we were talking about this earlier, too. Do – like we when we had the core four, like yes, it was a beat up, bruisem, like lower that shoulder, we're getting to the whole type basketball game. Whereas now, somehow along the way, it's transferred to a more athletic uh shooting point guard, uh active moving offense. Faster pace for sure. Yeah, but it's also what the funny thing about it is that it's like we've never lost that we're not gonna fight you to the very end. You know what, and maybe that's the greatest thing about Memphis basketball is the team. We went through a couple, two, three, like kind of down years, but the best thing about a good Memphis basketball team, even though we're not great, we're pretty good. We're still a team that's going to punch you in the face and won't feel bad about it. We're still going to bruise you. We're still going to hit you. We're still going to go at you down low. It doesn't matter. We're gonna irritate the shit out of you. We play you, and you don't want to play us. Whether whether it's in a playoff game, play in game scenario, or on a Tuesday in the regular season, like 
you want to hate to play Memphis. And I love, I love that our teams have that identity. I think that's the best thing that we have going. Year in and year out, team in and team out. Like I think that we've says, got this thing. I think that says more about the organization Correct. than it does with player versus player versus player coming in and out. So, so. Grace Grayson Allen and Desmond Bain have almost identical per thirty six averages. With Desmond, I like his potential. I like his defense more than I do Grayson. So you got your three and D guy. I just feel like he fits that starting spot better and i like grayson coming off the bench i like tuna melt coming off the bench tuna and i like tyus coming off the bench i don't think there's room in this rotation for justice winslow i agree wholeheartedly i don't think they He's need to waste 11 or 12 i don't think the they best. need to waste the money on that team option they'll probably take it because they have so much salary cap I space i also agree i also agree with that they have so much salary spe- salary space it. and it's only 13 million I think they'll they'll pick it up, but I don't think there's room for him. It's only thirteen million dollars. Yes, yeah, he'll like be the so second highest paid player on the which team. Which is so disheartening to hear. It's only thirteen million dollars. So which is yeah, we're so talking much about money. we're talking about salaries, not like actual real money. Oh <laughs> yeah, they don't get it's all pretty that, fucking actually. real to those guys in a fucking hundred and twenty five well, cap space. Hey, when they cash the checks, it's pretty it's pretty damn real to them. Hey, yeah, I'm not talking about money for you and me. I'm talking about NBA standards. So news update: uh, we got the Los Angeles Lakers up eighty to sixty seven on the Denver Nuggets right now. Eighty sixty seven in the fourth quarter, nine minutes ago. All right. So I mean, that's that's significant considering that the Lakers are without LeBron. LeBron's not playing. Mm-mm. No, the high sprain. AD's got twenty one points and six. Denver's De- still without. Um, I know he has a high ankle sprain, but he was playing. He went out again last night. Yeah, he left last night. Yeah, Denver without Murray, and they've been on a run. Jokic just got 21 and 6. So they're going tit for tat. Yep. Right. Keep us updated. Yeah, That's yeah. fine. <laughs> so back to the pick game. I watched the uh, Portland broadcast because I've seen enough Memphis broadcasts. I'm sure you guys watched the Memphis broadcast. Yep. Memphis had no injuries, they had no excuses. Dylan Brooks, early in the game, was guarding Damian Lillard. He was guarding him tightly. It seemed like he was really making Dame work for any kind of shot early in the game. I don't know if you guys remember this, but Grayson Allen was struggling early in the game. To kind of add to that, like whether it was Grayson or Melton, our twos have been struggling for the last week and a half plus to to hit shots that they've been seeking all season. They are now getting streaky at the wrong time and in the wrong direction. Guys, the guys that were nailing shots are now not making them inconsistent. Yeah, and and it's it's showing up on the on the box box score. I feel like a lot of that is coming from. It's hard to be consistent when you're sharing 20 minutes a game with, like, three people. Grayson Allen, 22 minutes in the game. 
DeAnthony Melton, 22 minutes in the game. Same position. Desmond Bain, 20 minutes in the game. Almost the same position. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. How can you be consistent if you're two of those all guys, getting 20 two minutes of those a guys game? should be playing. The third one should probably be on the bench right now. Nobody is getting 25. It's like they have too many fucking players, and, and Jenkins feels like he has to play everyone. And whether this is a Jenkins call or a front office call is something that should also be considered. This happens over and over and over. Every time we finish a game, the Memphis Grizzlies finish a game, I go and I look at the box scores and I look at the minutes played, and everybody's at like 25 minutes a game, including John Morant. He played the most at 28 minutes a game. And he should be playing 35 to 40. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Are we trying to lose? I hinted on this earlier, but it does seem to me that second-year coach Taylor Jenkins is still taking so much advice or whatever you want to call it from the, from the front office or direction from the front office, and he is either afraid or unwilling to break from that to appease the the higher ups so so he so he plays justice winslow in minutes he should never get he he puts in garbage lineups that basketball minds to say you don't play because he wants to keep that job going into year three even though even though I, I i truly believe that he knows it's costing us winning minutes winning basketball time pat i think he is a people pleaser i think Jenkins. he is and I think that some of what you're saying is true with the upper management. I also think he's trying to please his players. So I think he's a, trying to do the same thing where everybody okay. gets to play. So that's why I actually disagree. Because what? I do disagree on that. Because I don't think... They're all playing 20 minutes. You look at the fucking minutes played here. Everybody fucking played. So on... Everybody plays in a real life scenario. With, it's like whether whether it's recreational basketball right here. now. <laughs> the, the only the only people that any of us care about pleasing are ourselves and our bosses. We're not really give. We, we're not really caring about the and as crappy as it sounds, the players on the team or the younger guys or or the lower down people on the chain in the organization. <laughs> I think he absolutely cares what the players think of him I and, and I th- wants them I think all to he's like him. to keep his, his place on the team. And, you know, and, and we can disagree about this, but I, but I believe he is more concerned about pleasing the front office to get that year three guaranteed gig coming back around. And, and if it means like pissing off some fans or pissing off a player or whatever, if you've got Zach Kleiman and, and Wexler and those guys, and, and they're like, well, you did what we said. It didn't work, but you did what we said. Harder yeah. to fire him that way. Yeah, I get that. So Grayson was struggling early, and Tuna came in. It seemed like early. There was seven minutes left in the first quarter, and Tuna Melt come in the game. Norman Powell for Portland, he was the open man. He was the guy that they were. The Grizzlies seemed like they were forgetting about. They were so focused on Dame and CJ and Nurkic. Norman Powell just—he was getting whatever he wanted. He seemed like the open man early. 
Powell seemed to be open most of the game. He, right. He, he went off. He was, he was the guy that was open when we doubled or he was forgotten about. It was a two-point game with 540 left in the first quarter. And so when I was watching the game, I realized that Portland ends up up by 15 at the end of the first quarter. What? Sorry, I was just looking at the score. Uh, Washington and Indiana played tonight. Uh-huh. 154 to 141. Who won? <laughs> Washington. Yeah. Is that overtime? Uh, regulation game. No, that's a regulation game. There's no overtime. Well, no, I mean, holy shit. The lowest this, point like, total scored is the first quarter at 31. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Jesus. I mean, you shouldn't interrupt for that, but it, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. It's fine. I mean, it's a high scoring game, but like, if, if we're, we're never going to get through this. I was going to say, if we're going to run down and end this, like we need to go through the shit. <laughs> and yep. was, like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but it's 1130. If you need to leave, you can leave, but it's fine. Whatever. I'm just going to, I'm going to talk about the pick game. Yeah. So what I noticed was Portland ended up at the end of the quarter up 15. It was a two-point game of 540 left in the first. So what happened between – what happened in the second half of that first quarter? They pulled John Miranda out, and they put Justice Winslow in, and we got freaking destroyed. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. He's so angry. <laughs> freaking it, destroyed. It's, it's the truth, though. They, they pulled out John Moran in the first unit, and, it's, and instead of putting in Ty Jones and, and a respectable second unit, they put in Justice Winslow, thinking that they could plug and play him, and he's not the person. And we got we got owned, and, well, and we got run the fuck out. And and it, and it, from that moment on, it played out the entire game. Right. Well, That's what happened? Okay. Well, half of it was the starters' fault. Portland hit threes. Grizzlies had multiple turnovers and missed layups. I wrote it all down play by play because I went back and looked. I said, "How did they? How did this happen?" So I re- rewound the game all right. and went back and watched it. Sure, it was a Powell three, a Grizz turnover, a CJ three. Dylan hit two free throws. Jaron, Carmelo, and Simons come in. Dame hits a three. Morant misses. Jaw hit a three. His first bucket of the game. Brandon Clark checks in. Portland's up seven with three minutes left. So at this point, it's it, also not it helping things. Po- it's also not helping things that John Marine is scoring his first bucket right with three and a half or so minutes to right. go in the first quarter. Exactly. But so far, it's mostly Portland just making threes and right. getting good looks. Justice Winslow checks in. Desmond Bain checks in. Lillard hits a three. Tuna hard brick three. Simon's easy two, Brandon Clark three brick, Mellow corner three make, and that's pretty much how it went down. They made shots when missed shots. Portland. As as it sounds like there there was a lot of that. They made buckets when they needed to, and we couldn't we couldn't get one. Portland doubled their lead after Justice Winslow came in, and the last of the starters went out. CJ couldn't miss in this game. It was crazy. 
I mean, he's the ultimate grist killer. CJ McCollum, maybe the he's the ultimate, the best grist killer. Yes, he's very good. He's good against <laughs> everybody. Only against us. You I think mean, it's you think it's just a player, but against Pat, us, he freaking kills us. You think it's just against us, but he's doing this against everybody. And he is fair. I mean, watch yes. more Portland games. You're right. You're right. But against us, you notice. I mean, I noticed <laughs> it because he's against us. He's also the the guy that broke Mike Conley's face several years ago. But yes, that game. Know, this is true. So, moving ahead in the game a little bit, Winslow is still in the game, and Portland is up 21 with seven minutes left in the half. At this time in the game, it's pretty clear the Blazers are definitely making a statement with this game. They look dialed in shooting. They're making easy passes to open players. They look super ready, and shots are going in. It's looking easy for Portland. Whereas the Grizzlies look like they're struggling and they're a little frantic. It just looks so easy. Portland was ready to go in this game. This is about the time where Memphis starts getting their starters back in. But Portland just can't be stopped. Yeah, we, we were never able to overcome those runs. Like They kept once going. Por- once Portland went on their runs, it didn't matter if our starters were in or not. They had our number. Yes. Portland showed up to play. The Grizzlies, starters or not, were not in the game. Like they didn't have their heads in it. It seemed like, or or we just got we just got beat. You know, like yeah. we got outworked. <laughs> we got yes. It didn't matter if we're staying or we call them or 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 shoot even. Um, Enos Cantor had, had her yeah, number. Right. Had her number. Yes, Portland had their foot on the gas. And they didn't let up. No, they own us. I think a lot of this is having to do with the Grizzlies being too young. Sometimes I look at Jaron Jackson's body language and I hate it. He's fucking jogging back on defense and getting beat. I'm watching it happen. I think this, I agree. I think this is, has to do with a team that is young and way too arrogant that hasn't accomplished anything. Mm-hmm. It's dumb shit like that that pisses me off. Like watching him jog back on defense. We've never, we haven't made the playoffs with this incarnation of the roster. We're, you know, technically okay. ahead of what we should be uh, in, in terms of a rebuild. But these guys haven't won anything or done anything. And they still feel like they can play the style of basketball as a team that has made the playoffs two, three, four, five years running. We can turn it on when we need to. Well, no, you can't because you haven't done it. You haven't proven it. You need, you need to play hard for 48 minutes every game, and they're not doing it. Well, you're right, and the grand, like that's a good big picture look at it. Let's get back to this game. It's that shit that pisses me off, though, that fucking jogging back on defense having a bad possession on offense and then not fucking getting back. That to me looks like it's just a lack of maturity. Right. Like, Oh, hanging my head and not getting back on defense. Portland was up 64 to 36 with four minutes left in the first half. That's 28 points. 
you allowed yourself to get down by 28 because of like basic things like getting back on defense and portland just being on it they're not they're not waiting for you like go ahead man get upset about whatever fucking happened on the other end and and let that affect you on the on the defensive end that's what portland wanted right it's a bad game for memphis and portland looking great from the start Memphis, from time to time, like I watch a lot of NBA games and I try not to be biased, but Memphis is kind of hard to figure out. They just don't have consistency. Portland's up 28 at the half. 74 points. And we were, and we were never in the to, game. To 46. It was over. It was over. Yeah. And to add to what you said, Memphis is maybe one of the most frustrating teams in the league because it seems like they have the talent to play at the level. But they don't have the consistency or the will to win that they need to have to play at that level. And a team like Portland, who could drop the first two games to us, and you know what's what what is essentially a three game series, like two in Portland, come back day off game in Memphis, and like oh no no we've been here before. This is a playoff atmosphere, a playoff series. And they just took it over. Like mm-hmm. f- from second one, they took it over. Yeah, it really did seem like a veteran versus a rookie, right? Kind of franchise situation. Um, I kind of just wanted to turn the game off at halftime. I mean, I almost did. I mean, why watch? It's crummy. You know, it's as crappy <laughs> as it is to to watch your favorite team just get destroyed. Like, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment, and and I watched it. It was awful. I wanted um, to see how Memphis responded. We never, we didn't respond at all. Like they didn't give up. They're down twenty-eight at the half. They lost by twenty-one. So they didn't quit. They didn't lose by more. They lost by less. Right. They didn't. They didn't just fall off the face of the planet and disappear. Right. But we were never in the game. It wasn't competitive. They. We got owned. We got owned. You got to kind of be happy that they didn't lose by a bigger margin I mean, I guess. in the second half. I guess. We got to own. <laughs> and that's all it is. We got to own. I'm going to watch it. I'm thinking while I'm watching. I'm, I'm going to finish watching it. It's the pick game. Come on. Don't be stupid. I'm not going to quit on the game. I don't expect the Grizzlies to quit on the game. Yeah, right. And, or Portland, for that matter. We know they ain't quitting. They're not going to let no, off the gas. They're still going to be there. They're there. Yeah, they're smarter than that. Memphis appeared to keep fighting, but they were still getting out-hustled in the third quarter. That's what it looked like to me. Nurkic had that huge yam with Kyle Anderson and and Valanchunas just getting out of the way. Nurkic, do you remember that one? I do, yeah. threw (laughs) it down, and everybody just got out of the way. Fuck it. Yeah, Big, big, big man, big dunk. Apparently, Grayson hit his first three against Portland this season, halfway through the third quarter. That's not ideal. Grizz were the, Grizzlies were down. Not great, Bob. Yeah, not great, Bob. <laughs> Grizz were down 22 points. This is about the time Jaron Jackson scored his first bucket of the game. Come All on. Right. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on. And, and, and you're telling me we lost this game? <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine how that happened. But Portland had everything going their way, Pat. Yeah, right. And we, we didn't step up. It looked easy. It, it, 
They're playing really well as to, of to, late, though. To Portland. paraphrase myself on Twitter, it is a DKI game. Yes. A, a term we've all stolen from, from our Dick buddy Brian. Kicked in. Dicks kicked in. <laughs> yes, that's what a, a, we got a gentleman destroyed. would say. We got destroyed. No. Cock they blasted. This- <laughs> yeah, man. That's what happened. We got owned. We got fucking owned. That's what happened. We had him too. They were not showing up to get owned again for three, and they destroyed us. I think we have covered and, that. And we we awaken <laughs> the beast. We awaken the beast. That was the first thing you said at the beginning of the pit game. <laughs> yeah, we awaken the beast. Yeah, you did. Like that that Portland team realized they're a multi year playoff team. We're a team hoping to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they're they have the talent, they have the experience, and they don't have anything to prove other than just be these guys and go out and do it. I remember, and, and they have everyone. I remember the look on Damian Lillard's face after the last time we beat them. He looked <laughs> utter disgusted. I'm sure, fucking pissed, utter disgust. I can't believe this shit happened to me. Yeah, yeah. As of today, Portland's on a four-game winning streak. We lost again tonight. It started, not Memphis, Portland. Yeah. The four-game winning streak started the game before Memphis where they played Indiana. So they beat Indy, they beat Memphis, they beat Brooklyn, and they beat Boston in this four-game winning streak. Those are all good teams that Portland has beat. Playoff teams. It's not just Memphis that they're beating up on. Right, they're they're being playoff teams. They're good teams. They are heading. They are rolling into the playoffs, looking like a winner, ready to fight. The Grizzlies kept fighting though, and Bain hit a couple threes. Uh, I wish somebody would teach Jaron Jackson Jr. how to fucking box out. <laughs> that was one of my takeaways from the game was that Jaron wasn't boxing anybody out. The whole game, I don't think he bu- did one fucking box out. He Fuck likes to Friday. try to sneak yeah. in there and grab a rebound, yeah. but he's not boxing anybody out. He wants to be a guard. <laughs> he's a seven-foot-tall guard. He wants to be Kevin Durant, and he's not. Heading into the fourth quarter, Portland had to feel pretty comfortable. They had a 19-point lead, 102-83. I thought it would be very important for Memphis to go on an early run in the fourth. Got to get that lead down right away. We did not. The Grizzlies did not come out scoring too terrible, but they couldn't really slow Portland down. Man, like three minutes left in the game, both teams are clearing benches. It's over. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that game, that game was over at halftime. There's not much. We just had to play it out. I think Portland made a statement in this game. Their statement was... Absolutely. We're better than, we're better than you. We have experience. We're winners. You you are not quite there, in my opinion. I'm sorry to kind of <laughs> please step, tell us how you feel. Don't eyes. hold back. I, he's, why, he's, why the fuck would I hold back? Like we no got fucking to. owned. The Grizzlies got owned. Pat's the mad. better team. The, no, the better team won. The team with the playoff experience won. The team with the better players won. They they gave two that really didn't matter, and then they beat the crap out of us. And then since then, have gone on a pretty impressive winning streak. Yes. <laughs> I mean, All right. Honestly, yeah. Like, that's what happened. 
Yes. We got, we, we got fucking destroyed. I know. The better team won. I know. But what I was going to say was the statement that they made was that they can beat Memphis whenever they want to. Right. Let's be honest. I mean, the game, it was CJ and Dame. CJ and Dame sh- combined for 49 points. <laughs> 49. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... What I'm, actually the, surpri- I'm actually surprised hearing that number that's not higher. If you told me they they can mine for 67 points, I would have believed that too. The Grizzlies starting backcourt. We got worked. Your Grayson Allen <laughs> and John Morant combined for 17 points. We got worked. We got worked. There's your backcourt mm. comparison. Portland taking this win just... Sucks all the momentum out yeah, of the, got, the and, Memphis. And, and we have not recovered since. This and, is true. We, we, we are floundering and are in the eighth position right now, barely holding on, barely hoping that, you know, whether it's Golden State or San Antonio behind <laughs> us loses games to, like, Blow a 32-point lead against Boston or, or like, maybe Steph only hits 14 three-pointers instead of 17 <laughs> on one night and, and and that the other team wins. Like, you're not going to feel good about your chances going into a playoff game unless you start winning. And then, again, Grizzlies lost tonight to a Knicks team that is now won, like, what, 10 in a row or something like that. Like, we're getting, we're, we're getting beaten by better teams. Our front office says New York is awesome. New York is playing really good basketball. There was I wish the Grizzlies were. Yeah. Maybe if like, we had a better coach. We're getting beat. Well, <laughs> maybe if we had Tibbs, we'd be fucking <laughs> winning. Yeah. I mean, I bet we would. How fucking crazy is that though? Like they bring in Tibbs year one, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they start winning. It ain't that crazy to me? Hey, Dylan and his big old tweeting fingers got a big bad loss. He don't tweet. Dylan don't tweet. I'm not talking shit. I actually had to. Look, I looked it up the other day. I was like, "Why do I follow Dylan Brooks? He hasn't tweeted in a year and a half. Legitimately, he has not tweeted in a year and a half." And I'm like, I was looking to like call the numbers of of the the people I follow on Twitter. <laughs> Dylan does not tweet. He does not Instagram. He does not Whatever. do shit. He's got his own issues. Sorry, his big old fucking mouth <laughs> got a big, big, old, big old fucking mouth. bad loss. Big old mouth. Dylan Brooks and Justice Winslow combined for a negative 46. That's a stat. If this was a bubble rematch preview for this year, how do we feel about the Grizzlies' potential in the play-ins this year? Not very good. No. I don't feel good about it either. I don't think they're going to make it to the playoffs. Josh, if you're... Portland management, how do you feel about your team going forward into the playoffs? You feel like Portland's got a pretty good squad? You feel like they're playing well? What do you think? I think that they can get into the playoffs, but it's not going to be much after that. So, so like, if it, they get knocked out of the first round of the playoffs, which I think you're saying, what are they going to do with their team? Portland. 
eventually you're going to have to make a decision on Damian Lillard. And he's already maxed out. He's in the middle. He's like year two or year three of a max deal. They've, they've got already him made for, the decision on Damian Lillard. They've got him for four more years. He's not going anywhere. All right, so then reverses. Damian Lillard's got to make a decision on Portland. That's the question. Four more years. He's going to make Damian Lillard's going to make fifty-four million dollars in twenty twenty-four twenty-five. That's the question. Dame Lillard has to make decision <laughs> on Portland. It's going to make Portland doesn't have to make their decision on Dame. It's already been made. Million but how much money has he made up to this point? Fifty-four. Right, he's million been a max dollars. player from the his first contract. But all right. So then, so he's money is not a factor. No, of okay. course not. So at that point, does Dame Lillard want to keep making money, or does he want to win basketball games? Because at the end of the day, he ain't going to do fucking both in Portland. Okay. I disagree. So I have the salaries pulled up. I disagree. Because Dame Willard has also said, I'm not going to be your fucking, uh, your guy that jumps from team to team to win a title. I believe that I have enough here. And that's why I respect him so much. He says, I believe I have enough here in Portland and I can build around myself to win the title. At 55 mil a season, I'll sit right the fuck down, collect my check, and let others come to me. I ain't moving on. I'd take, I'd take $27 million and go down the road to We were talking earlier. L.A. or some shit. That I think other, t- other players around the league are going to start um, trying to join up with him. Why would you not? He's a winner. I think they oh, will. Yeah, He's no a winner through and through. I don't think there's any scenario where... Portland tries to blow this thing up. They would never do that. I think that was Dame. Yeah, I think they just try to reload and reload and reload right. with you, whatever you build they around can him. get. And and and, like, and that's kind of what I was asking. Well, was to I was add, wondering to, what sorry, you guys thought. To, to add, what, to, dude? to add to what you're saying, like <laughs> you rebuild around that kind of player. Around uh just one, or do you rebuild around a big three with uh CJ and Nurkic? Or is it just Dame? No, nah, it's just Dame. It's just Dame. Like if, if you can keep Nurkic, or if you can keep McCollum, you keep McCollum. Well, McCollum's guaranteed for three more years after this one. But if but if it if it took moving McCollum to get an even better player, who you move McCollum? I don't know. It's been, it's Jamal been, Murray. That's the best backcourt in basketball right now. It's been proven time and time again in the league. They'll move the number two to keep the number one. Jamal Murray. It doesn't matter who it is, but they'll move number two to keep number one. And and as much as I don't want to face them, I hope that's what happens and in Portland because I hope that in Memphis we end up being in a similar situation where we keep our number one guy, even if it comes down to trade our number two guy. I think to improve our team and, and, and make it better down the down the stretch. I think players will want to go play with him, but it's not going to be the easiest sell in the world. Yeah. Because it's Portland. It's not LA. It's it's not it's not big market. Not, not the hugest city. market. I got to roll. You got to roll? Yeah, man. Time to go. I'm kind of Josh, right thank you for coming in tonight. Yeah, man. Thank you for having it. me. Thank you very much. Are you leaving too, or what? It's, it's midnight. Okay. I gotta work. I got okay. sales. I got sales <laughs> at eight fifteen. Pat, thank you for dropping by. 
Thanks for having me, man. Enjoyed it. Dude, always. I appreciate you having me. We got through half of what we prepared. <laughs> but was it fun? I had a great time. I appreciate both of but you. But was it fun? Mm-hmm. It's good. I'll walk you out. Best and worst things. Like, we got through half of what was prepared. prepared. But it was still fun. We're talking NBA. Give me, give me all the basketball we can handle. And sometimes there's just too much. We'll just see what happens. All right, then. Pat and Josh are out of here. I guess I need to make a pick game for next week. Looking at pick games, I want to kind of recap what happened last week. We were looking at the Philly-Atlanta series. They played twice last week. They played Friday and Wednesday. Philly beat Atlanta in both of those games. Philly displayed a sense of dominance over Atlanta. Philly won 127-83 and then 126-104. to I think they proved a point there. We also looked at the Chicago-New York game. New York won that game, 113-94. Chicago's done. They're dead. They got no chance of making the play-ins, which is unfortunate considering they made all those trades to make a playoff push at the trade deadline. I guess they'll be ready for next year. They've got Vucevic for two more years after this year. He was part of the trade. Daniel Tice will be an unrestricted free agent next year. I don't know. Chicago's plan to win now is not looking great. They're going to have some room to sign guys, but Vucevic and Zach Levine are like the, you know, that's that's a two-man deal they got there with Kobe White. I don't know. Chicago's got some, they got their work cut out for them. They got some work to do, management that is, with constructing a team next year. Missing the playoffs, I feel like, is a big letdown for Chicago. Other games we looked at, Utah-Phoenix. Utah played Phoenix last week. Phoenix won 121-100. to Washington played Dallas. We thought that looked like a pretty good game there. Dallas won 125-124. to Washington. If you wanted to, you could say Washington is on Dallas's level. I think Washington's just as good as Indiana, Charlotte, or Boston, the other playing game teams. I think they're just as good as they are. Portland played Brooklyn. That was a interesting game. Brooklyn's not a hundred percent healthy. Are they ever? Can they be through the playoffs? I don't know. We haven't seen it yet, really, for long stretches of time. Portland won, 128-109. to Next week, in week 20 of the NBA, there's three games that spark my interest. 
normally I would bounce these games off of somebody else here with me, but I'm doing it solo. Thursday, Atlanta at Indiana. I've been wanting to watch an Atlanta game. I don't know if Indiana's the team to watch them play right now. They've got a lot of players out. And I just don't know enough about the injury report to call it that game. New York is playing Phoenix. That looks like a fun game to me. That's a game I really feel like would be fun to watch. And Friday, the Lakers are playing Portland. Not super interested to watch the Lakers play or talk about it much, but I will keep track of that game just to kind of see what happened with it. I'm interested if Portland can keep the winning streak going and be the top-tier team like L.A., who is pretty much in a win-now situation, as Portland is. That's a fun game to kind of see who wins. The game I want to watch, though, if it's up to me, I'm going New York Knicks at Phoenix Friday night. It looks fun. That's all I can say about it is that those are two teams that I've enjoyed watching all season. And if I'm making a pick of a game between two teams that I just really want to watch, and I kind of want to see if Knicks are on that Phoenix level. I don't think they are, but maybe. Phoenix is a 46-game win team. The Knicks are a 36-game win team. Phoenix will probably win that game, but I kind of want to see what the Knicks do against serious competition like that heading into the playoffs. So I'm going to go with that as our pick game. It just seems fun to me. It's that simple. That's a four-star game to me on a five-star system. I'm going to take a quick look at the Grizzlies schedule from last week and next week. Before we get out of here. Last week the Grizzlies went sub 500. They lost to Denver, Portland, and Orlando. They beat Orlando once and lost Orlando once. No 500. Trending in the wrong direction. This week the schedule lightens up a little bit. They played New York tonight, the Knicks, and lost. But the next three I feel like are winnable games. They're playing at Minnesota, at Denver, and at Toronto. Toronto could give them trouble, but I think they can win it. The Grizzlies don't have a super tough schedule for the rest of the season. They got New Orleans after Toronto, Dallas, Sacramento, Sacramento, and Golden State. That Golden State game is going to be big for Memphis. I feel like the Grizzlies are kind of in turmoil right now. They got a lot to figure out. I want to thank Pat for popping in. I appreciate him coming by and, you know, putting an effort in. I want to thank Vanelli for coming in. Thank you, Josh. And I appreciate him contributing this week. Next week is our last episode before the end of the season. Playing games will begin after next week's episode. Today is May 3rd, which means Wednesday is Cinco de Mayo. 
So as LeBron would say, Happy Cinco de Mayo! Thank you, everybody, for listening. And remember, if you just subscribe to our podcast on whatever you listen to podcasts on, then you'll know when the new ones come out. I'm not pushing subscriptions for like me. It's for you. So you can see it on your whatever you listen to podcasts on that there's a new one out. So subscribe. That's the show. Thanks again. You don't understand. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Thank you.